You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. Welcome, everybody, to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE and ECW wrestler, the Blue Meanie. We will cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots of useless, useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm Josh Chernoff, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's up, man? Wow. Here we are. Uh, another week, another uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. Feeling good? Feeling good? Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, I'm slowly losing my mind. I feel like in this uh, this apocalypse, as you like to call it. Um, yeah. But uh, had great reception for Sosa Chernoff with you as the guest of the show. So thank you again for doing that. Oh, thanks um, for having me. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. No. If uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, if if you haven't heard it yet or haven't watched it yet, you can go to fight.tv or youtube.com slash so says Chernoff and check out the April episode Meanie and I did a little plug for the mind of the Meanie and had a lot of fun doing it so uh yeah check that out but great feedback for that um so I appreciate it uh you know I, I hate to go into something so down uh to, to kick things off but um I wanted to start by talking about unfortunately everybody found out as we're recording this on a Friday everybody found out yesterday that we lost a an absolute legend in this business. Um, the Fink, Howard Finkel, passed away at age 69. And Meanie, I just wanted us to be able to take a little bit of time for you. You shared some great stuff on social media, but I wanted you to be able to have, I mean, you have this platform. So uh, if there's some memories you can share, some words you would like to share about the Fink. Man, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Uh... You know, uh, Howard Finkel was the voice of my childhood. Well, he's the voice of everybody. Yeah. Everybody's childhood, not just me. I'm not being selfish here. But, uh, uh, I mean, every big moment, like I, you know, I, like I'm a homer with Philly sports team. I'm a homer with WWE. Um, I mean, that was the promotion I fell in love with first. And Howard Finkel was a huge part of that uh, during the 80s boom, you know. Uh, I mean, he was, you know, big in WWE before, like, the Hulkamania stuff. But then, like, uh, you know, every, every you know, once Hogan won the belt and then, like, the start of it, was, it was either championship wrestling or all-star wrestling where, you know, the opening voice was, and no! Yep. And, you know, and Howard, it was Howard's voice, uh, you know, christening the, the, the launch of Hulkamania. Uh, and then like, you know, all those MSG cards where, you know, he's announcing, you know, Slaughter versus Patterson and the street fight and every single thing. I mean, his fingerprints, I mean, he coined the phrase WrestleMania, 
you know, we, we yeah. just had we just had the most bizarre WrestleMania in history, and uh, but there would be no, it wouldn't be called WrestleMania if he hadn't gone, you know, been such a big music fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it, you know people don't realize or or know, but uh, Fink was a huge rock and roll fan. He loved rock and roll, and that was like the one thing me and him bonded over. You know, when I worked in the WWE. He loved, you know, the Rolling Stones. Uh, yesterday, I shared that he, you know. He loved me and me, me and him both loved the Black Crows, mm-hmm. and um, when I found out he loved the Black Crows, I went home and uh, had this uh, back before you know. MP, I mean, MP3s were a thing, but you know, I you know you would you know trade CDs and tapes with friends, and a buddy of mine sent me a really cool. My friend Jeremiah, shout out to him, he sent me a really cool uh, Black Crows B sides and rare tunes, and I made that copy for Fink and gave it to him and. We bonded over that, and we're like, "Man, how come some some of these songs should have been hits, or you know, they sh- they yeah. should have been singles, not B sides and all that stuff?" But uh, like, he was just such a, a welcoming figure, you know. Uh, you know. Plenty of times I'd be out on the road for WWE, and you know, there'd be a, a snag in my travel plans. I'd have to call him and go, "Hello, Brian. This is Howard Finkel. Uh, let us get you on a uh, the next flight out." Uh, okay. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it, it's funny that um, uh, Kevin Keenan, who's a referee for WWE for a little bit of time, um, he was telling me once before a, a story about how when he first got his call for travel and how he just couldn't believe it because he's just basically getting this announcement, you know, from the Fink, just say, you know, we have your, your airplane tickets available and you'll be go, you know, and like he said, it's like that voice was just like you said, and I said, you know, the voice of our childhood. And, and he had told me that same thing about how he would get any travel stuff from the Fink was just the coolest experience to get that from him. Uh, you know, uh, if you watch some of the old TVs on the network uh, or YouTube, uh, well, mostly on the network, but like uh, they'll have the match and then there'll be a, a space of silence. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if many people notice that, but that silence was left there on purpose for Howard to do voiceovers or, oh. hey, fans, uh, you know, WWE is coming down to uh, the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, you know, <laughs> on the card. Hulk Hogan or whatever the the card was for that time, you know, and, and, you know, just like I'll be watching old shows in the network. And then when I hear that, you know, splice of sounds come in, I start yeah. doing my own Finkel in my <laughs> own head, you know, because my, fa- my favorite one is like the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that, that you say doing in your head, because I, I said, I, I don't know if I put this on social media or is just saying this, but, um, every, like, I think every person that ever played, if you grew up and had action figures, wrestling action figures in the eighties or the nineties, you did the Fink's voice, right? You had your impression, good, bad, or indifferent. You had your impression of the Fink because you were never going to be bringing Hulk Hogan to the ring or, you know, whatever, any right. of your wrestlers to the ring without doing that voice. And, uh, I have a fun, um, personal story with him was uh, I was at a, a convention, which I believe is actually the first time you and I ever met. You wouldn't remember that. It was a very long time <laughs> ago. Uh, it was about 10 years ago, but I do. I remember I met you because that's when I, I told you that I 
knew uh, the guitarist from Bonehead and we, and you know, awesome. we had a, a yeah. brief conversation, but uh, I was there strictly as a fan and uh, I met Howard Finkel and a friend of mine had told me right before there was a video going around of the Fink announcing people in uh, to their wedding. And my friend who was about to get married to this uh, huge wrestling fan, who's uh, my buddy, Manny, um, she, she had told me that Manny really like, he had like joked, like, that's what I would want for our wedding. And so I went up to the Fink and I said to him, Hey man, uh, is there any, I didn't say, Hey man, I was a little more respectful than that. Uh, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. Hey dude. Uh, pulled a Hogan on him, but, um, Hey brother. No. Yeah. No. I said, uh, I asked him, I said, Hey, I've got this, this friend who's engaged and, uh, you know, that's his dream. Is there any way you would be willing to record something for him? And he did, he recorded on my phone is recorded like a message that I then sent him afterwards, which was like, hello, Stacey and Manny, congratulations on your, you know, and it was just the, just the coolest thing that always stuck with me. Cause he easily could have just been like, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be 10 bucks kid. You know, like, it, it, like, and he was just like, sure, why not? And it was just, I thought that was really cool of him to do. And, uh, I mean, that's unfortunately the only, the only personal story that I have with the Fink was, was that, but I'm, I'm glad that I at least got that. I always wanted to geek out and be like, hey, uh, can I record you just introducing me so I could put it in my video game and stuff like that? <laughs> hey, Fink, I got the newest uh, WWE game. I want to overdub your voice over the BWO theme so I could put it in my game. Can we hook a meanie up? <laughs> well, that is, that is something I remember at that point. Like After I got this uh, this recording, I thought to myself, man, I really should have just had him do my name instead and not do a whole message for my friend, you know, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, I've heard so many great things about him, um, as a person. And again, like I said, that was unfortunately my only interaction with him. Um, right. but so, and do you have any other stories other than what you were just talking about before with the music and stuff, any fun stories interacting with Howard Finkel, be it in the ring or, uh, on the road that you can think of? He was just such a sweetheart of a man, just um, very approachable uh, at TVs. I mean, you'd have to be at TV at like one for an eight o'clock show or seven o'clock show. So you're there all day. So like sometimes you just plop down the chair and start picking brain, picking his brain, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, back in the old AOL days, they had the thing, you know, uh, beat the fink. In yeah. Because like he like. <laughs> Was the be all end all with the uh, WWE trivia, yeah. And uh, or, you know, sometimes you, you try to catch him off guard and you know throw a little uh, you know sabotage him with a, a quick question <laughs> to see you know, see if he was on his toes, you know, and just stuff like that. But uh, uh, I guess like my favorite memories were like getting to see him at the conventions and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where it wasn't like a real work environment like WWE was. And stuff like that, just because, uh, just two guys, you know, at TV, you, you know, you chit chat and you talk and you're, you're passing time. But like we were doing the, the legends of the ring conventions in Jersey and he was like the, uh, MC and he was you know doing general announcements for mm-hmm. now available for signings in the other room, uh, you know, who or whoever, <laughs> uh, you go over and just talk. And, uh, I got, it was cool. I got to introduce him to Mrs. Meany and. You know, they, they hit it off and they would, you know, talk and stuff like that. And just uh, great memories of that. Just, uh, 
I guess the last time I saw him was at DCW Arena for uh, the Icons of Wrestling convention mm, okay. that uh, would run before Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore shows. And just uh, the stand there, be like, hey, uh, it's pretty cool that uh, Fink is in the ECW arena right now. You know, yeah. oh, really, Brian? Where was this? Or, you know, where, you know <laughs> every time I'm in the, the ECW arena and somebody hasn't been there before, they're not, they, sometimes they don't realize they're in it because it's a 2300 arena now. Right. I'd be like, ah, oh, you're in ECW arena. And they would, okay, where was Paulie's speech for, you know, because everybody saw Beyond the Mat and stuff yeah. like that. You know, where, you was, him... where was his speech? Because I've been backstage yeah. at the ECW arena, and it's it's totally different now, isn't it? Oh yeah, that the whole staging area where the the uh, TV was has been ripped down. Okay, and uh, you know, I was, I, walking, le- I was walking upstairs, and for a second, was like, I wonder, and I'm like, no, there's no way this can't be the same stairs. Yeah, there's certain landmarks in the building where I do a couple paces. I go, okay, this was a here, so I can take three steps over here. <laughs> and here's where the stairs that went up the thing was. Okay, here's where the entranceway was because that pillar's right there. And Yeah, which pillar like do you remember? I know we're getting off track and, and <laughs> definitely want to go go back uh, to honor the Fink more. Um, I am wondering, though, about – I have wondered which pillar was the one that was always in the IOA? For ECW, was it the one like if you're, I guess if you're, uh, if your back is to the concession stand, is it the closest to you or is it the furthest? Uh, it's the closest one because like the D Sabrina has that, uh, I say Titantron, but mm-hmm. there's that video screen, uh, right near where the bar is and where right. you know the the side entrance for the wrestlers to go in is mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And if you walk diagonal from that video board. To the Walk, right, yeah, it uh, well, it could be the left or the right, but the the pillar when you're coming down the aisle is always on your left because that's right. how the guardrail aligned and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, when I get people the uh, twenty five cent tour of the ECW arena, you know, I, I go, oh, well, this was here and this is where the ring is and that's where Paulie stood and that's where. Oh, where was the Eagle's Nest? Oh, it was over there. You know, uh, I mean, and that's something you know. Going back to the Fink, like that's really cool you know having those conventions there and having a guy like howard finkel in the ecw arena that really is just two worlds colliding there so for you that had to be really neat just to be able to interact with him there yeah it, it, it's like that with a lot of the guys but especially the fink uh i mean fink was still i mean i mean he was the greatest ring announcer of all time he was the first wwe employee when uh, vince bought the company that he was the first hire but he was really the biggest fan of of the WWE and and wrestling in general, because uh, you know when they uh, you know Vince would be in a, a meeting with everybody and stuff like that. He uh, Vince McMahon assigned Howard Finkel the duty of rounding up the news from around the different territories, different promotions, and he would write up the Fink report. And he would you know come and present it to Vince to give Vince idea of what everybody else in the business was doing at the time so and i i remember we would be at wwe tv and if uh he wasn't ring announcing he had his own little room where he's watching nitro okay okay this is what they're doing in the first hour and you know (laughs) and stuff like that it's like that's kind of cool you know he was he was the uh, he was the guy like if you're having a war he was the guy on the wall with the binoculars They're about a hundred yard, hundred paces away. Uh, another thing that I thought of, which was not an interaction with the Fink, but how the how the Fink, uh, how he influenced something. 
Um, I have a, one of my best friends used to be the editor of Las Vegas magazine and yeah. uh, they were doing a article on Bret Hart. And so he said, well, he was wondering, is it Bret the Hitman Hart or Bret Hitman Hart? So he called me because he's like, if anyone's going to know, you know, I'm enormous. You can see over my shoulder. I got a Bret Hart action figure there. I'm, a, I'm an enormous Bret Hart fan. Um, right. But when he asked me that, I stopped and I thought, because he's the hitman, you know. Um, but then what I said to him was, I said, well, he was always announced. I could hear Howard Finkel going, Brett, hitman, heart. And I said, if that's what the Fink was saying, uh, I'm going to say Brett, hitman, heart. Just keep the the out of there. I said, because that's how I always heard him announced. Uh, so I very well may have given uh, bad information, but at the same time, um, that is something that just popped into my head right now that that influenced me where the think kind of influenced um that article just based on the fact that that was his unique way of all and I can hear it, you know, the Brett Hitman, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's I mean that's that's my story. It doesn't go deeper than that, but um, but just another cool thing. But I think that you know his fandom of pro wrestling can be summed up in the, obviously, you know, we're, we're, you know, us fans are finding out that he was sick. Um, Tommy dreamer had posted that, you know, he had yeah. been going and seeing him once a week, but wasn't posting pictures. Cause Fink didn't want anyone to know. Um, and I remember seeing, I think maybe last year's WrestleMania. Um, I had seen a picture of him with some of the guys and he was in a wheelchair. Um, but one of the most telling things about his fandom was the picture that Tommy Dreamer posted and somebody pointed out that on the the uh notepad or whatever on the board the, the, behind the, him the, the uh, dry erase board yeah that it's that it instructed whoever I don't know if it was a, a family member a nurse or whatever it was instructed somebody to turn the channel on to watch raw on Monday nights and at that 8 o'clock at yeah. 8 o'clock yep and that that to me just I mean, this isn't a guy who's like, oh yeah, that was a huge part of my life, but I've, I've left it all behind. This guy who was just to the end, just an enormous fan of pro wrestling and the WWE and just, yeah, I mean, he, he will absolutely, I mean, be missed. He's a legend. Without question. Ha ha Howard is all of us, uh, you know, even when, um, you know, I was let go by the WWE. I mean, I still watched, I'm mm -hmm. still, still a fan of the product, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, it, the wrestling bug never really leaves you if it's it's been it, it's a part of your DNA. You know, yeah. I always say pro wrestling's like pizza. When it's good, it's it's excellent, and when it's bad, eh, well, you know, it's still pizza. Yeah, right. <laughs> and sometimes I'll put on, you know, if there's nothing going on, nothing on TV, I'll just put on wrestling and have it on in the background. Yep. It's 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 like. Uh, putting on a playing a, a lullaby for a baby who needs to go to sleep or, you know, just yeah. to keep a baby's attention or something like that. It's like putting the baby shows, you know, I could put on whatever wrestling and just be fine with it. Even when I was a kid, I was, I would watch wrestling and something, you know, you'd be watching something like California championship wrestling and it wasn't always the best or Herb Abrams, UWF, you know, which was like, er, you know, it wasn't always the best wrestling, but it was wrestling. I used and to I, always have uh, Channel 48 in Philly. Um, some nights you struck gold and got ECW, and some nights you got 
USWA, and some nights you got uh, depending on what it was, it was like NWA Wildside or yeah, in like. Atlanta. So yeah, and and I loved it all. It was just it was all, I always had wrestling on. Uh, if there was wrestling on TV, I had wrestling on. You know? And and, and here is I know we've talked about the age discre- you know, age gap here, age di- discrepancy, but it was uh, thir- 30, 35 years, something like that. <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> fuck you uh fuck you uh no when i was a kid uh there was a different channel 48 uh you had a channel 48 and everybody remembers that you know ecw mm-hmm. was on and uh nwa wildside memphis uh and I, a bunch of other stuff i forget but when i was a kid uh we had a channel 48 was based out of Delaware or whatever, that's where I would watch, you know, you'd watch my, my schedule as a kid, I would watch wrestling on channel 48 and then at like maybe 10 AM or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then watch, or no, I'm, I'm screwing up. I would watch W uh, wrestling channel 48 at noon. And then there would be like Kung Fu theater. And then, like, whatever. And then I would flip over to Channel 17 and watch the other WWE show. There would be All-Star Wrestling or Championship Wrestling. Flip-flop the times. But that was part of my childhood, you know. Yeah. You know, I'd wake up, watch the uh, Mr. T cartoon, watch the Smurf cartoons. Then I knew WWE came on. And then when we moved to Atlantic City, I knew we would get the New York channel so I could watch the Philly feeds and then watch the New York feeds. And it'd be the same matches all over again. I would still watch it i think not care you know this was a, a different decade than when you're talking about i'm not making a joke but because i was uh i guess like a teenager at this point during the shotgun saturday night days when that first the original shotgun saturday night you know in the in like the small bars and whatever it was that we didn't get it in philly you only were getting that in new york and like select places and i was furious about that like <laughs> i i just remember like i was so like it was a sore subject for me because this was because i've always been a wwf wwe guy um and the idea that they were put out this new creative venture that i was not able to see that you know there was no i mean yeah there was you know keyword aol or, or keyword wwf on aol but uh, no, there was like no way to see it. And that was just, just infuriating. Uh, and then you see pictures and there's like yellow ropes. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. And <laughs> yeah, it was really, um, I don't know that I really missed much in the long run of it, but, um, but, but you heard things like Terry Funk and Stone Cold had like a brawl. And I just remember, but uh, yeah, but it was, but Channel 48 um, was all that for me. So yeah, I guess for all different times. And even later on, you know, I had an indie promotion that had shows on there. There was ring of honor, had their shows on there. Yep. Um, and then Eventually I believe CZW too. CZW, well. I think. Yeah. And then they were bought out by like, and they became like a Christian network yeah. or something. Um, and apparently CZW didn't jive with their, uh, with their morals and, uh, yes. yeah. but, uh, yeah, so it, it, no, it changed, but I remember, um, it was their studio Their Uh, I guess it was like a studio or whatever was in Maniunk, um, for yeah. a time, but, uh, well, there was yeah. a one time when there was uh, a bad storm in the area and they got flooded and you put on chat 48 and there's like, there's a camera aimed on the sign <laughs> studios flooded or it, it, written in like can hand, handwritten note on TV. Yeah. Uh, 
we'll resume whenever. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny you bring up this, uh, you know, not being able to see those shotgun Saturday nights. When I was a kid growing up in Atlantic City, we didn't get TBS. So I wasn't oh. getting, I wasn't getting any of those TBS, uh, you know, Saturday night shows or yeah. anything on TBS until, you know, I moved to Philly and then uh, eventually got it. So I can, I can relate to that pain. Yeah, of not, not, being... not to launch into another, like we did last week of the kids these days, but man, like <laughs> everything. And that's why it, sometimes it's so annoying when people com- spend so much time complaining about wrestling. You can, if you're a wrestling fan, you can find wrestling that suits you today. Right. You can find from, from Japan fight TV now is doing the, the Oriental wrestling entertainment that, you know, the OWE. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you can watch that at, you know, like 11 AM like on a random weekday. So it, it's, there's so much stuff. You don't need to spend that much time hating on other things. Uh, I say, as I have a monthly news show that, <laughs> but, um, but that's my, but that's my job. Uh, but no, but to, um, to talk about just to, to wrap up, I didn't want to just move away completely from the think. Um, oh, of course, but well, like that, that's the thing, you know, Fink was, uh, this you talk about the Fink. Yeah. You're going to start talking about all it. He, I he mean, is so interwoven in the fabric of professional wrestling that you're never going to be able to talk about him without instantly going, Oh, Howard Fink. Oh man. That reminds me of that one match because he was such a part of it. And, and this is like a, a typical conversation I could have with Howard Finkel, you know, uh, I mean, he could talk to you about everything and like just to hear him talk and wax poetic about like certain stuff like that. It was, I was like a kid in the candy store and, uh, you know, that one hurt. That, that hurt. Uh, when I found out he had passed that hurt because 69 really, no, not it's, old. Not that, it's not old, No, you know, uh, and I started doing math. I was like, oh man, he was only like 20 when I was born and stuff like well, that. And you start thinking about you're like, man, just he wasn't old. No, you know? and that was one of the most shocking. Also, I mean, he had the you know being bald, uh, follically challenged, <laughs> right? Um, but you look back at it, and he must have been doing like quick math in my head, like thirty three at the first WrestleMania, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he would have had to be. Yeah, because they just had WrestleMania thirty six. So he would have been thirty three. Like that's insane. Like I look at him at 36 now and I look at him the first WrestleMania, I go, yeah, it was probably about 51, 52, you know, Uh, but, uh, but no, he was, uh, which again just speaks to the impact he was having is when he was just, I mean, like 30 years old, you know, this guy um, really made, it's, it's a, a great thing for him to be able to leave a legacy for somebody who loved and respected this business so much to to I hope he knew because he had so many years in retirement that I hope he was able to through conventions and and you know obviously Hall of Fames and stuff like that I hope that he was able to know the impact that he had and there's a couple of I really can't think of that many people who everyone talks about their Mount Rushmore of this Mount Rushmore of that Um, the only other person that I could consider similar in this way of how he's viewed um, is a Bobby Heenan to manage to managing the way that people talk about hands down, you know, who's the greatest manager of all time or who's the greatest color commentator of all time, at least for my generation, the answer is Bobby Heenan. And I feel like across any generation that ever had the opportunity to hear Howard Finkel, hands down the greatest ring announcer of all time. And to that point uh, on social media the other day, Dave Penzer, who was the ring announcer for, you know, WCW Mm -hmm. and TNA, 
he said he, you know, Howard Finkel should be the only ring announcer to go into the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, because he is a number one. Like, there's, there's yeah. no mistaking that voice. He's the voice of a generation, voice of an era. Yeah. And uh, to this to this day, people still impersonate him, and you know, and new, you know, that's even the hashtag just, and new that, that people simple, do. That simple phrasing of how we, you know, put the extra emphasis and new. I could just pull up a video on YouTube and still get goosebumps. Yeah. Yep. You know, and uh, I mean, I, I remember. He, I can't. I can't say enough about him. I remember you know? one time when he didn't do the and new, uh, which always stood out to me as this like really cool, unique thing. Um, maybe he did it another time, but this is the only one that stands out to me was WrestleMania eight when Macho Man won the world title. And he he said, and once again, world yeah, world wrestling yeah. federation champion. And I just And once again. It was so yeah, like he just, you know, I mean we can go on and on about him and, and he would yeah. des- and he would deserve an entire show. Um but you know, we we as we move on, any last things that you'd like to to say i uh, mean uh yeah i mean when you lose you know you know people always go oh you know you know which wrestling death hurt you know you know and every you know when anybody passes you feel bad you know mm-hmm. but then you know then, then you hear you know of certain people passing away not only does it hurt, it really is a gut punch. And uh, I won't have no shame in saying that, you know, a couple shed a couple man tears for Howard Frankel. And uh, if uh, McCusters was still open right now, I'd, I'd be raising a glass to him. But uh, the greatest of all time, Howard Frankel, man, I, I love him and I miss him. And I just miss being able to greet him and. I'm going, Brian, how are you? And just getting a big hug from him. Uh, you know, a lot of times we see, I, I do these conventions just so I can see my friends. And a lot of times when you, you know, see somebody, you never know when the last time you're going to see him is. And I just wish I had one more time to see Howard and uh, just tell him I loved him. You know, I'm kind of jealous that, you know, um, he got to go see him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just really going to miss never being able to uh, talk to Howard Finkel again because he was, he was, a, he was a gem. He was a one of a kind. Absolutely. Um, you know what? This is a great. Uh, it's always tough to figure out how to transition out of something. Well, it's so been a rough week. But you yeah, know? you know what? I think could be a, a good transition. Um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the Cauliflower Alley Club? Because that's we're talking about. A, a legendary person in professional wrestling. And yeah. that's a transition that doesn't feel forced. and doesn't feel inappropriate to jump into, to that. Um, that's a, a, something that I think um, is something that a, a, a Howard Finkel could get behind. Um, oh, absolutely. So, so yeah. Can you, t- could we talked about it last week and people were really uh, interested in it. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm now finally after, after, uh, waiting for a long time, just being too lazy to do it. I am finally actually a member of, of that, uh, that club. And it's, it's, it's just incredible if you go to their website and check it out, but meaning you can tell people about it far better than I can. Well, the, uh, the Cauliflower Alley club is pro wrestling's oldest 
legitimate charity uh takes care of wrestlers in need and uh i'm pretty sure vince was still taking care of howard you know because of you know everything that howard gave to the company but if if howard happened to you know be in need cauliflower alley definitely would have been there to uh you know, to help him out uh the cac uh the you know because I keep getting tongue-tied when I say Cauliflower Alley Club. Yeah, I, me too. And I don't know why, because I can say cauliflower, you know? Yeah, it's it's just a repetition. <laughs> and it's a great organization, and they don't deserve me, you know, uh, botching their name. But uh, just, uh, it, they're, they're Pro Wrestling's only 501c3 nonprofit organization. And uh, like this week, or in, in the next week, I, I was supposed to be going out to Vegas for their uh, banquets where we raise money and we throw money in the pot for all these wrestlers in need. Uh, and it's, it's, def- it's definitely something, you know, Howard would have been behind. Uh, like I said, WWE was probably taking care of Howard, but the WWE also donates to a lot of people don't know that WWE donates to the cauliflower alley. Uh, every year they uh, buy a table and they oh. send WWE representatives to be there every year. Um, most recently, they helped uh, Kamala. They helped Kamala save his house. Uh, I know for a fact they helped Jerry Lynn when Jerry Lynn was injured. And uh, the biggest misconception about the Cauliflower Alley Club is that you have to be a veteran of, mm-hmm. of professional wrestling. Uh, I mean, in order to get benefits, you at least have would have had to... Uh, you know, been in the wrestling business for a couple of years and stuff sure. like that, but you can still become a member. Uh, it's, it's open to everybody and, uh, your, uh, donation, your membership itself is uh, tax deductible because it's, you're giving money to a charity, uh, and your, your, your membership goes towards helping those in need. Uh, and they've done wonderful work. Uh, B Brian Blair, the president of the you know the CAC, he's doing wonderful work. There's so many people who volunteer with the CAC that uh, re- very very rarely get recognized. But uh, the Cauliflower Alley Club is a uh, is something that you know if you're a wrestling fan and you want to get back to the the wrestling business, uh, you know you could do a, a monthly membership. I mean a yearly membership, or you can buy a lifetime membership. I opted in to buy the uh, lifetime membership just because, you know, it, it just seemed right. It felt right. Your life. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, pro wrestling has been my life. And, um, you know, just uh, I don't know where I would be without professional wrestling. Seriously. Uh, you know, I was able to support my family through professional wrestling. Uh, I met Mrs. Meany because of Mrs. Uh, because of professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, when I was a growing up in Lake City, I started working at casinos. I don't know if it, what would have happened to me. Mm. But pro, professional wrestling gave me such a wonderful life. And uh, I didn't make a million dollars, but I got paid royally in uh, experience and friendships. And I, you know, I currently have the love of my life, you know, Mrs. Meany. And, uh, you know, she comes to the conventions and she has a blast. And she loves the Cauliflower Alley Club to the point where I'm, I'm, eventually going to get her a, a lifetime membership as well. And it's just a big, it's a big fraternity. It's big, you know, people go pro, professional wrestling. It's, you know, it's a family business, but when you're in the cauliflower alley club, it, it genuinely feels like 
you're part of a family because the to go out to Vegas and uh, like I said, le- we had the uh, Larry Sweeney uh, strut off contest where <laughs> I got a where I had the uh, the titty tassel screw job. Yep. Uh, but hey, we have the, uh, the night before, which may or may have, not uh, have been vetoed as a T-shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I it's it's, it's on the back burner. Right. Uh, here's my thing with swearing. Right. I have no problem saying the word fuck. Right. Yes. But to wear, you know, if I wore a shirt that said F word, you know, <laughs> you can't, can't even, uh, you can't even it, say, you can't even say the F word when describing it as being on a shirt. Right. <laughs> well, no, and that's fair. I mean, because that you are now presenting, you know, to, to use language in a, in a, a certain environment, you know, you and I talking here, our listeners just listening, like we're all, you know, we're, we're all friends here. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, to walk around in in public, I I a hundred percent understand. Yeah, you trust wanna... me. I can swear with the best of them. I can. I oh, really. I, I can motherfucker, motherfucker. Yeah. Right. But to wear something yeah. on a shirt, like like if I stub my toe and there's a kid next to me, I'm not gonna go. Fuck. I'll go fiddlesticks or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but if I'm wearing a shirt that says "fuck," and I'm I'm walking down the street and there's a kid looking at me. I feel like I have to put my hand over my shirt, you know, yeah. you know, now it's like, I, 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 I try to be, uh, you know, cognizant of like my surroundings and I, I try not to offend people. But, now, yeah. How comfortable would you be with a t-shirt that depicted the blue meanie stubbing his toe in front of a kid with a, a word bubble that said fiddlesticks? <laughs> because I, <laughs> because I, I, because I, I think that, that, that might, I think we that have, might we, have to happen. We we could take a poll. Let's yeah. take a poll. All right, on that we'll do one. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like uh, where were we? Oh, we were talking about the cauliflower alley. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, like I was talking about, I got screwed on the Larry Sweeney uh, Memorial Strut off. But there's also other great nights like uh, the Bachwinkle Blowout, which is a, a, a casual mm-hmm. affair where we get together give out awards they legit have like a lunch meat dinner but it's it's awesome it's cool it's cool it's like a picnic it used to be called the baloney blowout mm-hmm. like i said for those who don't know back in the day guys would drive you know four or five to a car the guy driving his wife would pack sandwiches and they would sell sandwiches to the boys if it's like a long road trip and yep. you know you bought the sandwiches you gave them x amount of pennies on the mile for you know gas and stuff like that so it's just holding up that tradition. It used to be called the, the Baloney Blowout, but now it's the Bachwinkle Blowout because that was it was named after uh, the legend Nick Bachwinkle. Mm-hmm. And then the ni- next night on the, for the Kaifire Alley, they uh, they have the the formal where you get all dressed up in your best and uh, they give out awards and stuff like that. And it's just a great night. Mm-hmm. It's great to be around other wrestlers and not have to take, get bumped around and yeah, stuff right. like that. <laughs> and you can just get sauced up and share uh, war stories and stuff like that. But now that I've said all that, if you go to cauliflowerallyclub.org, uh, you can you know join up right now. You can PayPal them, or you can send a check. They, you know they still pay checks. Uh, and uh, like I said, your membership is a tax write-off. It's tax deductible because it's a charity. If you go to the convention in Las Vegas, your airfare, your hotel, all that is tax deductible because you're 
and your tank tickets to the banquet are tax deductible because you're supporting a charity. So it's it's a great organization. It's a great uh, you know week in Vegas and stuff like that, and, and you're just really helping out others who uh, other wrestlers in need because you know unfortunately you know, we don't get health insurance, we don't get benefits, but you know thank God. If, for over 50 years, going on 55 years, the, the CAC has been there to support others, you know, and they definitely would have been there for Howard Finkel. Trust me on that. And uh, it's something Howard would, would, uh, would definitely, you know, give a thumbs up to. Um, so this week has sucked. Um, as far, oh, my God. I, I think just in general, uh, but especially if you're a fan of professional wrestling, um, obviously one of the things we wanted to talk about with, with Howard Finkel was because we wanted to be able to honor him and, and obviously draw that line between the, you know, the loss of somebody and then talking about people losing their jobs. Um, but, you know, and obviously we're not trying to compare anything oh, here, no. but we are to shift gears. Um, you know, you know, look, if someone had gotten released, maybe we would have mentioned it off the cuff. Uh, Man, so many people uh, in professional wrestling lost their job in the WWE lost their jobs uh, this this week um, on one one miserable day, um, yeah. which honestly, you know, people is like, oh, God, it's so much in one day. Well, I, I hope it's done. I hope they just did it all in one day. Likewise. It just Likewise. sucked. And let's yeah, um, man, the list goes on and on um what are i I, I won't really just rehash the list yeah no uh i mean it's i mean people are listening to this they know uh but i mean this is the world we're in right now Mm -hmm. you know uh i'm scared i don't don't know if you you're scared i mean i'd be i'm sure you're even a little bit more scared because you have children and you have a, a wife in a house i i have a wife and i'm scared i don't know what this future holds yeah uh, and that, you know, goes for every business. I have a friend who has a business. He's over six figures in a hole right now because he had to shut down his business Yeah, and he doesn't know when he'll be able to open. He doesn't know if he can open. He doesn't know if he's going to survive. I mean, the sooner he gets a chance to reopen better, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. This is something we don't. It's like it's like we're living in an M Night Shyamalan movie because the the thing that's killing everybody is in the air. Yeah, you don't see it. You know, it's not like there's nothing to compare it to. It's a virus. It's in the air. It's it could be transmitted any way. You don't know where. And one of the the most upsetting parts of it is that this virus is affecting everyone, even the people who aren't getting it, even the people who don't know someone who got it. It's affecting people's jobs. It's a, which in turn is affecting, you know, their families, and and it's a very real thing. And and I I couldn't imagine, you know, after WrestleMania, there always tends to be, you know, there are certain times in a year where there are some layoffs, um, right? And and it's yeah. it's, it's business. I mean, that's look, that, that is what it is. It's not the WWE is not a charity just to have. Oh, you wrestle here, we'll give you a salary. Like no, right? If it's a good business decision for them to cut ties, I understand that. I can't imagine that the number would have been even, even a, a, an eighth of what it was had this not been going on. And this is a very serious, you know, WWE's putting on their shows. There's no audience. There's no ticket sales. There's, right. a, you know, it, it's. Well, look at, uh, look at all. 
look at all the, I mean, they, how many tickets did they have to get back for WrestleMania? Tens of thousands? Yeah. Uh, all future events, that's tens of, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And this is for everybody. This is for independence. This is for AEW. This is for New Japan. This is for Lucha. This is for everybody. Nobody's bringing in revenue. Yeah. And uh, there's no, okay, there's no end in sight. Like, like, and like you said, historically, after every WrestleMania, there's usually, uh, it's just like, you know, football. Mm-hmm. After the season, WrestleMania is the, technically the end of the season. Yeah. Quote, unquote. So at the end of the season, they make a, a batch of cuts and, you know, to bring in new people and stuff like that. So, but it's, it's never been to this extreme. And like I said, there, I don't envy, I don't envy the WWE having to do this because I've been there. I've been cut, you know, yeah, I was, I wanted to, I, I actually was hoping I, I, that you'd want to share that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, if we can talk, I guess the first, the first time you went to work for the, the WWE was in nine, was it 1998? Yeah. Uh, I, I went to work for WWE in 1990, uh, October, November, 98, okay. something like that. Uh, I debuted for them, uh, on Sunday night eat. Uh, I signed a contract for two years. It was like a TV contract. Uh, had a what, downtime. what does that mean for? Uh, basically it was a tv contract uh where they they're just obligated to bring me in for tvs i got x amount a week on the downside and then if i went to tv i got x amount if i went to a pay-per-view i got x amount and then three months later if i had wrestled on the, if i appeared on the, the pay-per-view i would get a, a royalty check like three months later mm-hmm. Uh, once all the uh, revenues came back from the cable company and stuff like that. And then once you start doing house shows, you get a percentage of the house show, whatever they deem your worth is. <laughs> Some people do, you know, can debate whether, you know, they actually got what they were worth, but that's another. I'm sure that debate has happened once or twice. But, but uh, with the TV contract like that, you know, it just guaranteed me I was going to get X amount a week. Mm-hmm. Whether they used me or went, whether they didn't, and uh, you know, I, I, I was I was there, and then uh, historically, like you know, everybody says, you know, after WrestleMania they do their cuts. So WrestleMania 15 happens in Philadelphia, and uh, it's like the most joyous time of my life. You know, I got the I debuted for WWE in Philly. I had my WrestleMania moment in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day we went up to did raw at the Meadowlands, and then the next next week we did a tour i got to you know go overseas for the first time in my life got to go to germany a couple shots in england came back and then uh, we, uh the next loop we do uh we were in i want to say lansing michigan you know it's a mm-hmm. i think it was a sunday show or a monday show i'm not i'm not quite sure uh but you know Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross pull me aside and, you know, they take me to an area where there's nobody. And they said, Hey, uh, we have to let you go. And the feeling of just numbness that comes over your body is undescribable. You know, uh, 
imagine getting like you know finding out the worst new, news of your life to at least that point and this this the the burning sensation that goes from your head to your feet where you just go you feel numb did you and you and and you try to you know you try to plead with them you're like uh i i got a, a mom and grandma i'm taking care of uh, we we appreciate you you've been a, a great employee and uh you know i mean they were beyond nice about it oh i they, mean i i can't imagine either of them enjoyed sure, the yeah i'm sure that's the worst part of their job to have to do that and especially to somebody like you know that they like you know i'm right. i'm sure there's been a, a person a time or two where they haven't shed a tear having to having to right. let them go but for somebody that's you know that's really really liked in the locker room that's got to be upsetting and and uh what was did, did you so many people kind of have like they see like the writing on the wall or there were people in the release now that like you would um you know there there could be like a name that in the people that were released this week uh where you go oh, okay like we saw that coming based off of the lack of use on television or the or when they are used they're just you know you can tell they have nothing for them or they're not fitting or getting over was there any writing on the wall to you or did it just come as a complete shock? Oh, it was, it was a complete surprise because I had only been there a couple months mm -hmm. and you know, uh, you know, it's like there were, there's really no explanation. They're like, you know, maybe uh, go off and you know, JR's famous line is, you know, go, go off, you know, put on a fresh coat of paint and uh, learn, come back learn and, a new hold or something like oh, that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And I, I, you know, people often ask me because I went from the uh, black makeup to the blue makeup. Mm -hmm. And when he said another copay, I was like, I literally was like, let me try a different thing. Let me try <laughs> something new. And here's the weird thing about my release. You know, you, I got, I, they told me I was released. And well, let me get, get back to that real quick. Mm -hmm. I, you know, they, they tell me I'm released. I'm fucking stunned. I'm, 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 it's, it's blindsided by it because I literally had just, on there mm -hmm. and uh you know when you start making a certain amount of money you start living a little bit better and you know, it's bought a car it's got a new house stuff mm -hmm. like that and i didn't know what to do i just stood there and uh the meeting ended i went into the locker room i found a bathroom stall i sat in the toilet and i just fucking started crying and just fucking the, the idea that i was going to have to go home and you know tell you know, my family, I got, I just got fired and I never really got fired from it. Like I've always had jobs and I've always, you know, given notice and you know, stuff, but just to say, you know, to feel that, that feeling of not being wanted really was really heavy. And I went, I, I went and found a, a quiet spot and just fucking, you know, let out a couple man tears. Cause I was like, man, what? and then the, you know, the first thing I do, I see Mick Foley, I said, Mick, you know, they just gave me my release. And he was shocked. He's like, "What?" He's like, "Dude, they just—well, he didn't say dude. He's like, they just signed you." He's like, "He's like," and he told me like, and, and a lot of guys now are who are getting released are going to realize, you know, your value is going. He's like, "Oh, I mean, you could go back to the Indies and your value will go be way up and stuff like that. You're fresh off WWE TV and all this stuff." And he's trying to give me a pep talk, you know, and kind of talk me off the ledge. And um, I talked to Al. And, uh, you know, he pretty much told me the same thing. He's like, man, it, it just, they just hired you. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, so and the weird thing about my release is I kept working. So how, <laughs> it's like, yeah, how long did you how long did I, you work for after your release? Dude, I, I was they released me and I got my release in Lansing, Michigan that night. We uh, me and Goldust went out and wrestled the Acolytes and we did a thing where, you know, Dustin turned on me and left. Speaking of Howard, Howard's still giving my air. You know, he's still giving me my uh, airfare. Yeah. Give me, give me. Well, I don't know if it was a thing where they were giving me my release, or and they were going to let me work out the remainder of the contract, which is kind of crazy. Because you know, I signed in November '98, and it wasn't going to be done until November of 2000 or something like that. It was a two-year contract. Or they were going to send me home, and I just sit and collect the remainder of. I don't know how that. I don't know how. I know now they do the ninety day thing, right? So I don't know, but I, I they kept giving me airfare, and they kept giving me booking sheets, and I was still working. Did you and at I, any point? What, did you say? Something I was. Or I, were you just? I like, was. I, nope. Nope. Like, Here's a story. You were released, it, it, and now you're going to listen. We're going to put you in the main event of WrestleMania this year. And you're like, I don't work here. Well, I got released after WrestleMania, but I'm not even going to stooge this name off. Okay. Because I, because I love the guy, and, and I'm angry at the guy for this. There was a guy who wrestled for the WWE, got his release, and they forgot to stop paying him. And they kept sending him paycheck right they kept sending them checks for another year year and a half two years wow the guy showed up to tv one day he's like guys got anything for me and uh they're like well no you don't work for anymore he's like really these guys have been paying me i'm like dude why the fuck did you say anything yeah you know (laughs) don't just don't ever come back (laughs) just collect wow look 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 i'm not saying it's the opposite of of uh office space Right. Of the guy who they just who they didn't tell was fired and just stopped paying him. Yeah. 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 This guy was released, fired, and they forgot to fucking stop paying him. They paid him for another like two years. Wow. And if he hadn't gone and fucking stooged <laughs> who himself knows? out. Who knows when this. And I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, it, it was right, but for all the times, you know, the business, business gets over on the boys. Oh, yeah. This was, the perfect, this was the perfect opportunity for one of the boys to get over on the <laughs> business. I, I, was, I was like, why did you say anything? That's you know, funny. at least, at least just you know, ride it out, you know, and still do <laughs> indies and stuff like that. But, oh, man. So back to me, they, they, they released me and I was still getting booking sheets. I was still getting airfare for how long? I was, how long after a couple weeks. Okay. So when I, when I was, they, I, I was waiting, so I was waiting you right after WrestleMania 15, like the next week we did uh WrestleMania 15. Uh, we did Monday night raw. Uh, I helped gold this one, the intercontinental belt right. from uh road dog. Uh, next day we flew out of Newark. To uh, the European tour, uh, somebody got in. I think Mark Mark Henry got injured, so I was uh, I was filling in for Mark Henry, and uh, they put me on that tour. Uh, come home, uh, spend a couple of days at home, go back out, and I guess the the loop was Ohio, Michigan, because mm-hmm. we did uh, Lansing. I think we did Kalamazoo. I'm not sure. 
I'd have to look it up on uh, history of WWE. Don't, don't fact check our, me, folks. Yeah, don't fact check me. But uh, <laughs> quick shout out because this, this website I use all the time. When I can't think of a date, I'll go to the history of the WWF.com. That guy has like every house show from mm-hmm. the 70s up until whenever. And he's got all the ECW dates too. So I use that for a lot of resource. But like, I, th- I would have to go look back at him. I, I think it, it was Lansing, Michigan. And they gave me my release. And I was I even showed up at like a, I was doing shows out in Seattle, and uh, and the fam was like, "What are you still doing here? You got fired." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Dick." You know, <laughs> yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> what are you doing here? You know, oh man, it's my fat ass. And you know, and, and this is one of the things I think fans like. If you see, there's always just this weird blurring of the lines with pro wrestlers as being characters and being real people. You know, and I think that sometimes fans will see like if they're watching their favorite scripted television show and somebody loses their job, that doesn't really weigh in. I mean, you're curious how this is playing out in a story or whatever, but I don't think like some like all you have to do to really think about all these people who were just released. You talking about your story of when you were released and like any fan, it's something any fan should be able to relate to on a human level. What if you lost your job? What if you just mm-hmm. stopped getting 100% of the income that you have coming in? Like, and I think if fans, cause fans always give it like, they're like, Oh yeah. Like a guy loses his job in the WWE. Oh yeah. Well he was, they weren't really using him anyway. Like this is a, this is a person who has people. Yeah. They have, they have responsibilities. They have mortgages. They have families. This is, and I think, you know, you talk about finding a stall and shedding a man tear. And that's yeah. something that if you're listening to this and you can't, imagine that then you're either doing really really well for yourself and i and i commend you because apparently you're just locked in or you're not thinking about that this is a real person this isn't like the oh blue meanie's not in wwe anymore oh well you know it's like no this is a person who who lost their job and i you see so many things this week on social media of people just really not getting it not getting the reality of it Another thing, and, I, and this isn't me. This is, I'm not. I'm saying this to put things in perspective. This isn't me mm-hmm. going. Oh well, the fans don't realize. Yeah, that's what me. That's me doing that. Yeah, <laughs> but the no, seriously, what the fans don't realize is, like, say, a guy gets a six figure contract. Fifty percent of that's going to taxes, mm-hmm. right off the bat. Uh, you pay federal tax. You pay state tax if you live in Philadelphia. If Philadelphia takes a tax and then every state you work, you have to pay a tax to that state. Uh, sometimes it depends. You know, usually if you work that state more than like once, they'll send you a form or something. But like, not only are you paying your, your federal, your, your state that you live in and maybe city tax, you're paying maybe another 10 to 15, 20 states taxes. That's not being taken out of your check every week. You, if, you have to set that money. Yeah. You have to set that money aside. And then you're on the road. You're paying for a rental car. You're paying for a hotel. You're paying for your meals. Yep. If you're going to the gym, you're working out. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And then, you, you know, you also have your your mortgage, your car payment, and all that stuff. So 60, you know, maybe 60% right off the top is going to expenses and there's also that you know people 
people will always have this a commentary on what someone needs or how much. And there's always, if you're right. on television, there's this expectation. Oh, he'll be fine. He must have been. He's a millionaire. You know, right. and like, that, that's the huge yeah. biggest misconception. You're on TV one time, people think you're a millionaire. Yeah. And then there's also like, then there's the fact that you were talking about when you start making a little bit of money, you're not living the way you were living before. If you're a guy, right. let's say you're someone who's making $50,000 and now you start making $100,000, chances right. are you're not going to keep living the way you were living. You're going to, some things are going to, it's going to be the new car. It's going to be a different place. It's going to be yeah. spending money on different clothes, on different, whatever it is. Or whatever your vice is, or whatever. But the the or or you, you get the relative who uh, <laughs> shows up. You, you get the the relative you didn't know you had, yeah. dude. I legit, legit. I I went to the WWE and somebody I hadn't talked to since second grade called my grandmother. Wow. I was like, <laughs> are you going? She's got, and my grandma's too kind. My mom and grandma were way too kind of people. Are you going to call him back? I'm like, <laughs> fuck no. Where was he after second grade? Yeah, right. Where, where, where the fuck were these people when I was, you know, where were they? You know, because uh, they were all just quiet, I, 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 quietly rooting for you. You know, dude, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I lived in uh, this small city in, in Jersey called Gloucester right before I lived to Atlantic City. So I, I totally moved away. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, these people didn't keep in touch with me. There's maybe one person I kept in touch with from living there, and he came to, you know, visit every summer. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. But this dude, you remember Lenny from second grade? Uh, maybe. Uh, well, he called. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, and, or, uh, hey, uh, so-so wants to know if you could co-sign on a loan. Uh, wow. And you're just like, and then that you got factor that into, you know, when, when you get, you know, when you're making this money for WWE or in the wrestling business in general, mm-hmm. if you're an independent contractor, yeah. you know, put, put that money. As, and that's, you know, hopefully they, they're teaching these kids down that at, down at the PC now, because these people, you get, if you're that young and you don't know how to handle that money, well, there's, it, it, it's a big thing. You gotta, you gotta realize, yeah. you know, you're getting that check. You got to take part of it and just hide it from yourself. Just well, then there's the other people bit. that you have to feel for too, who you're talking about the PC and, and so much of an operation with the people uh, behind the scenes who moved either to Orlando or moved to Connecticut. And I know everybody, right. you know, everyone knows the story with um, Eric Bischoff, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other, one's right. worse than the other, or anything like that. But that's right. an example of a guy who... Everybody has their version of, uh, mm-hmm. well, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know? it, uh, so, so going back to, so you left, um, well, I was fired and then, I was saying uh, it nicer, but yeah. <laughs> so it, they gave me my, so, uh, so you were fired. You didn't leave because they continued to send you to the, uh, to the show. And it reminded me of that one guy who, <laughs> who they forgot to stop paying. Right. And I was like, dude. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. Take the, take, just go to the, just go to your mailbox. Yeah, you know. So fucking, <laughs> uh, dude. If I told you the name, you wouldn't even fucking believe it. But I I don't want to I don't want to uh, I don't want to stooge off. Right. But uh, well, here's here's the deal. So they 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 gave me my release, and then unbeknownst to me, there was this online campaign to get me my job back. Um, 
and this is why I love ECW more than anything. There's a group of fans from ECW who ran uh, the website Strictly ECW. Uh, they're the ones who, when ECW lost their first pay-per-view, they rallied behind ECW and bombarded the cable channels or cable, the pay-per-view provider mm-hmm. to pick ECW up again. And that's why you know we eventually got ECW barely legal which was just the anniversary of this week, yeah. which I wish I would have remembered. <laughs> but um, the, the yeah, same I put, I put fan... that on, on me, the fact that last last Monday's show, which fell on the anniversary of Barry Legal, that I, yeah. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> but uh, the same fans from Strictly ECW, who got ECW their pay-per-view back, uh, guys like Mike Johnson, uh, Chris Woodward, uh, Anthony Lewis, <laughs> they started a campaign called Save the Meanie. And they got a website going, and they got an email campaign going, and they got a people calling. And I'm sitting at home, uh, sitting on my computer, uh, just you know, pondering my future. My phone rings, and it's uh, Jim Ross. He goes, "Well, Manny, uh, you got a reprieve from the warden, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, J- Jim. I love Jim Ross." I love him. His, I love his Jim Ross. turn of phrase is second to none. I love him. I love him. I love him to death. And uh, I, I loved him even when he had to fire me. You know, I knew he was just doing his job. But, uh, well, you got a reprieve from the warden. Uh, apparently, he wants to give you another chance. So, flash forward, uh, I start because they haven't stopped giving me booking sheets and airline tickets. Uh, I'm back, I'm, I'm back, even though I didn't leave. So, and here's a cool thing. Uh, I flew to Chicago for the next loop. My mm. Philly to Chicago, I land, run into Triple H in China at the uh, airport, mm. you know, baggage claim. They're like, hey, uh, we heard you're back. I was like, yeah. They're like, good. Because everybody was like, man, they, they didn't really give them a chance. And I, word got back to me. Mm-hmm. And I know this sounds this sounds like complete nonsense or made up because you know wrestlers you know live in a fantasy land sometimes. <laughs> but word got back to me that you know Triple H, uh, Sean Waltman, and I'm not making this up. I was told this by somebody else that the the Rock actually spoke up for me. Oh wow! And said. Why are you letting this guy go? You didn't do anything with him. You didn't give him a chance. And uh, that with the Save the Meanie campaign, Vince Russo came up to me on TV and says, bro, (laughs) (laughs) he said, I'm not going to even go into the Vince Russo impersonation, but Vince Russo said their email system was inundated with emails and people were calling the office. Uh, it, it like shut down their email system because it's the nineties, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I the people still impressive though. Still impressive, dude. Dude, beyond beyond. Flattering. So I mean, that's got to be because beyond flattering because you know you know I'm a realist. You know, mm-hmm. you go ah, who am I? You know, but that's got to be know? from the lowest of lows of them pulling you aside and telling you we have to let you go. To the highest right. of highs to have 
you know, somebody like, like Vince Russo at that time and, and his position come and tell you, Hey, we, you know, you shut down our emails because of how many people wanted you here and you're back. Like, and, and that's, that had to have been a, a complete juxtaposition of like the feelings there. Like you had to have. Well, when I got the, I got the phone call from Jim Ross, it was just like, you know, when I said, when they told me that I was getting fired, that whole burning sensation went over my body of dread. Jim Ross called me and told me that like it was, you know, watching it felt like I was watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, just or you know, just like I jumped up, you know, just like the first time when they hired me, mm-hmm. I, I jumped up out of my chair and my legs were tingling. My, my, I was, I was so relieved. I and you know, I went, you know, I had to, I had to tell my, you know, my, the, my mom and grandma who I was financially supporting that I had been fired telling them, you know, they're giving me a second chance. So that was a, 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 a world lifted off my shoulders. Now, so, when, uh, when you were given that second chance, did you, did you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to re is that when you decided to do like the, the blue kind of like, it's almost like, like kind devil kind of, it was just, I was throwing stuff against the wall to see if it would stick. Did you, but and, did uh, you immediately have that different look when you came back or what was the, or I guess you I, never I really left to, kind of. So I didn't leave. So I was trying stuff out on, uh, I was trying stuff out in house shows. Uh, we were out, I want to say we were in either Seattle or Vancouver. Uh, remember I told you I went to the Seattle show and me and Al were pulling up to the building and the fan goes, what are you doing here? You're, you got fired. And I'm like, fuck you. But uh, it was that loop. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Al were thought, I was like, what should I do? He's like, well, look, they're still bringing you around for some reason. Just try something different. Do something do, different. Yeah. You know, you know, when you show up to the building, do something different. They go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know? You know, don't go without a fight, you know, you know, even though it's so bizarre. So I, I, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try a different paint. Let me try something new, mm-hmm. something different. You know, I literally took, I took Jim Ross literally. Yeah. Like, he's like, go put on a new coat of paint. I'm like, all right. Wow. And then that's, that's how I got started. Yeah. Somebody asked me that online. So that answers that, uh, you know, why did I start doing the different paint? That's why I started doing the different paint different hairstyles i went from like the half shirt to the full shirt which i kind of done in ecw i was like i'm doing the half shirt and that was just for stevie and i'm not really with stevie anymore right. so maybe i could do more full shirts and do like larger pieces of art on these shirts and stuff like that and like who, i still got my wrestlemania 15 shirt and stuff like who that did, which was awesome with the was it was it ryan shamrock her, <laughs> yeah, covering deep. her face <laughs> i was giving her the pie face um and then uh the, uh, I, we we re, we reenacted that in the, in the uh, in the offices of the Wells Fargo Center the day of WrestleMania. It's like, oh, let's reenact this shirt. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> as someone who did, as uh, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of airbrushing, and I used to have my gear airbrushed, and and to this day have all of my ties that I, you know, the different custom ties. Um, yeah. Who? When did you start doing that? Who gave you that idea? to start or, or, or i mean uh who did it for you like did you just go someone random or did you have a friend like uh when i, when I was debuting for ecw uh like stevie was wearing the the rock and roll shirts mm-hmm. and stuff like that and uh raven was like ah oh, you should wear, you know he was joking about you know giving stevie the flock i love you know the flock of seagulls half shirt <laughs> 
with you know, right, which right. was an all pink with pink hearts and stuff like that. So initially, that first shirt was bought by you know, I was broke as a joke. So uh, Raven took me to like the Franklin Mills Mall, and there's an airbrush shop there, and we got that one done, and uh, we got a blue mini one done and stuff like that. But then uh, I live right in South Philly, and there was a place on uh, Ashton Avenue called the uh, Airbrush Place, which isn't there anymore. But uh, I would go there get I would I would go there to get my shirts done. I got my knee pads done there, mm-hmm. and then throughout my career. Uh, throughout ECW, like Louis D'Angeli sign guy Dudley start wearing tie-dye suits. And he's like, man, where you get your shirts done? I, I told him the airbrush price there around Patchunk Avenue, South Philly. Mm-hmm. So uh, sign guy, all the airbrush, uh, all the tie-dye suits that sign guy Dudley was wearing that looked like tie-dye, mm-hmm. those were airbrush at the same place. Oh, wow. So then I go to WWE, I got all the airbrush shirts and uh, Midian comes up to me. He's like, hey man, I like the artwork on your shirt who's who does your shirt so he would give me a couple bucks and stuff like that and i would get the undertaker logo airbrushed on the shirt for him oh, the, eye. the giant eye, the eyeball yeah. on the back because he was painting an eye on his forehead and like a third yeah. eye oh wow i was done at the airbrush place in uh south philadelphia by the same people stuff like that so they you know this went to the same same place uh they always did great work and uh stuff like that so you know when i went you know to wwe i still did the airbrush shirts but i tried to do more of a theme uh i did a, a takeoff on the, on the shining you know with yeah, my face coming through the door says, that one. here's Meanie. uh the one i got like a good uh reaction for like i you know you're at tv so you make friends with you know the production guys you know you're hanging out and most of the cameramen and production guys for WWF are like from the Philly area. So we, we'd be on the same flights home and stuff like that. And uh, one of the cameramen told me on the headset, he's wearing his headsets and I was coming out wearing the, wearing a shirt where Goldust has a genie bottle and I'm coming out like uh, the show. I dream a genie. Yeah. I says, I dream a meanie. And I had like this new face paint. So I was like, that's kind of like genie paint. I could do like, I dream, I dream a meanie shirt. He said on the headsets as I come to the ring, somebody goes, "Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dream a genie. Oh, I, I dream a genie." So I, after your show, Miss 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 is doing a run in with uh, oh with uh we're still snacking on Easter candy. So, like I said, I, this conversation this podcast come, is a conversation we're keeping the yeah, casual. How come nobody's running in giving me? Anything to eat here. This is hey man, you gotta talk to your wife to hook you up, and I got a good wife over now. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying you got a shit wife, but yeah. No, I'm uh I, I am uh I definitely it's another Jim Ross thing. Uh out outkicks my coverage or something. Isn't that something? Yeah, there you go. yeah so um, Hey, if you totally snip that part out, I don't believe it. No, but, no, uh, she doesn't listen to anything I do anyway. Um so <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, no, Mrs. Meany has uh been a godsend through this whole thing, you know, just keeping me sane. Mrs. Meany is somebody who uh, anyone who's ever met her at any of the conventions or anything has what we're talking about airbrushing shirts and things like that. She has the coolest, like I'm almost like disappointed if it's the same uh, shirt or whatever, or bag or something that from the last time I saw her, because constantly has something cool. uh, Like another, like she makes her own. um, There was like a vest, right. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, her uh, 
my personal favorite and uh, the one that got the biggest pop was uh, she was Christmas Sandman. Yes, that was awesome. Uh, she wanted to be Sandman, but she, you know, at one time she was one time she was Roadkill, and Sandman goes, "Yo, girl, <laughs> I'm not. I never looked at." never looked at roadkill like this before i don't know how to feel or whatever you know because her, her gimmicks are out and stuff like that hold on it's the hottest you've ever looked and you're dressed like fucking roadkill <laughs> did i come through on it your end did, very much so yeah. are we talking about roadkill on the side of the road or the angry amish roadkill the angry okay, amish just, just roadkill of which we were yeah Who's another guy who's still in the circle? But he does these. You know, Roadkill is like, you know, they say always have a backup plan. Roadkill is like a genius. Where he, uh, I don't want to give his gimmick away, but he resell. He, he gets merchandise and sets up at conventions and sells, you know, Funko Pops and all. And re- he finds rare wrestling memorabilia yeah. and resells that. So we always see him at these conventions. So and. When I go to a convention, I don't care where they set me. I like switch, you know, they put your name on the table. I always like switch the papers. So I'm sitting next to Roadkill at these conventions. <laughs> so that's why, you know, when we were, you know, Tracy started doing cosplay as like the wrestlers, mm. she was like, oh, I'll be, I'll be uh Roadkill. So Sam was like, ah, you know, what? It was Spiky Whipwreck that was like staring at you. He was like, side eye, I see all day, like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck was giving her side eye, like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> but and uh, I was like, I'll dress up like you. So I was Mikey, and then I was. Okay, she was Mikey Ripwreck, and then she was Sammy. Okay, who was I'm, there? Was I'm one? There to... was one more. Wasn't there one recently that you did? Or uh, I always have vests. I have my Undertaker vest. Well, that yes, yeah, that, that's my my favorite of the thing because that go, the flash shows the uh, you, lightning. Yeah, if you go to at Tricky McVomit on Twitter, she has it pinned to the top of her page. She did a. She really did a really cool Undertaker vest where she has a light up urn and a, a glow in the dark uh, Paul Bearer. She hand painted Paul Bearer and put, made it glow in the dark. So she turns on the urn. The urn lights up Paul Bearer. She turns out the light. She turns off the urn. And then Paul Bearer is glowing in the dark. And then there was also, I remember she told me to take a flash photo. And, yeah, and if, if you, you take do a, a flash, flash photo, there's like lightning that shows up. Yeah, she is. She's got this. Uh, I, I'm, I can't even explain the gimmick, but if you take flash photography, it's like this certain kind of iron-on thing she does with lightning bolts, and it looks like her shirts shooting lightning, which is awesome. Yeah. Which I, and, I just, uh, I just and, realized and also, I'm, I, I can hear her, but she can't hear me, so I'm putting her over here. Oh, she can hear you. Oh, okay, good. All right. I, I need so to get some credit for. Uh... I'm so hard of hearing. I got my volume on these <laughs> on these headphones way up. So she can hear, okay. she can hear everything. Good. Because I saw on social media that she will not watch any uh, or listen to anything. She won't watch my show. So. Oh no, you plugged the show and I said, nope, but we were actually watching. I know, it. I, I know, I know, I know. She's ribbon. <laughs> uh, but also the cool thing about the, uh, the Undertaker vest was uh, it, it plays the undertaker yeah right. she, she she's so genius she rigged up her her undertaker vest to play the undertaker theme song so not only does she have a, a undertaker vest it shoots lightning it has a light up urn and it's got glow in the dark pearl bearer and it plays the undertaker's theme song and it looks like it's shooting lightning t- towards a coffin and stuff like that 
But uh, yeah, well, hey, you know what? We're putting her over in her work as we should. But yes. if we're going to be putting somebody over right now, I think we need to absolutely take a time out to put over our sponsor today. It's it's a hat trick. The Rhino Wrestling Review, hosted by my Dan, boy Dan Rhino. Dan Rhino of ProWrestling.com. The Rhino Wrestling Review. It is a mixed format, once a week podcast which includes breaking news, host opinions, and interviews from the world of professional wrestling. And his goal is to deliver a pro wrestling podcast from a fan's perspective in a relaxed and entertaining setting. Dan is joined by a revolving cast of co-hosts offering unique opinions and takes on the ins and outs of this crazy world of professional wrestling. I have been on his show. Meanie, you're going to be on his show whether you like it or not at some point. And and Meanie's going to love it. The Rhino Wrestling Review, it drops every single week on ProWrestling.com. There is nothing easier to remember than ProWrestling.com. If you are a wrestling fan and you go, how can I remember where to listen to the Rhino Wrestling Review? Aside from all of your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, there's also ProWrestling.com. You cannot forget that one. It's, it, it's, it's URL is, has been meaningful. So uh, let's go to that. And while you're at it, uh, you know, go to wherever his uh, podcast is hosted. You know, give him a give him a, a good review. Share his podcast. Let's help spread the word because he has been kind enough to support us. Three right from the three beginning. weeks here. It's been a hat trick with the Dan Rhino yep. effect over here, and he's you know uh, he's a WWE Rhino with the Y. Yes. So uh, that again, definitely. You always remind me with that because. I know, and you know, but I forget that some people might not know. It's R Y N O. So R the so Rhino Wrestling Review R Y N O, and you can find them uh, on social media at R Y N O underscore Wrestling and at Dan Rhino, and on Facebook at the Rhino Wrestling Review. Man, we we really appreciate the support uh, that he's showing. Rhino, and Rhino is his name. Oh. <laughs> can't can't top that uh but no again no, well, rhino wrestling review uh thank you again to dan rhino for supporting our show so go support his show uh he really puts on a great podcast um great fans perspective uh and just a, an all-around good guy so thank you again hey hey it really says uh something for him to not only you know have a podcast but to support another podcast so we're uh, really grateful and thank you so much it's really Before cool. we get back into talking about uh, your release and, <laughs> and everything like that, I wanted uh, yeah. we kind of took a side road. Yeah, here. but you you mentioned uh, yeah. something, so I wanted to pop onto our uh, iTunes account, and uh, you talked about people going and, and giving reviews. Uh, I, re- oh, the- I for, first of all, it has to be said how much we appreciate. Thir- there have been thirty two ratings. Uh, and 31 of them are five star. And we really appreciate that. I am not calling out in a, in a confrontational way. I am calling out one Jerry Moo. That's M and an, an incredible amount of O's afterwards. Jerry Moo, <laughs> who, who left us a, a rating and review. His review is titled BWO exclamation point. And Jerry writes, love the podcast. Look forward to every episode since week one. Love the stories. One of the best wrestling podcasts, which Jerry, we really appreciate genuinely. Awesome. Awesome. However, it appears as though I'm going to assume you inadvertently gave us one star 
as opposed to perhaps a slightly higher star rating for something that you considered one of the best wrestling podcasts out there and, and loving the stories. I'm not saying we've earned five stars. Oh but no. I am saying that it 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 just his his review didn't exactly uh match up to his star rating. So Jerry, if you have the opportunity to go on and change that star rating to uh to something, you know, even a two, you know, whatever it is that you feel is appropriate. We just wanted to give you the heads up and thank you again. Uh but in all seriousness, thank you everybody who's given us these reviews. And uh if you like what we're doing, you think we deserve five stars. We're we're not going to be offended if you give that to us. Um, so thank you. Just wanted to mention that. No, it, it, it all helps. Uh, it all helps. It helps uh, us grow the product, uh, grow the podcast, and uh, keep you know so we can keep bringing you this podcast uh, as long as we want to or as long as we can. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm having a blast. Me too. So. Me too. As we as we learned last week, I love this podcast, um, and Meanie loves this podcast. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we wanted to keep going, uh, but something that didn't keep going was your initial run with the WWE or WWF at the time. Um, so right. you're released, you're uh, granted a reprieve from the warden, uh, and right. then what happened there? Obviously, you were around long enough. You were in the uh, in the WrestleMania 2000 video game, yeah, um, which is awesome. And uh, uh, yeah, so what happened there? So, so they they bring me back. Uh, I, I start, you know, doing everything a little bit different. Um, I'm trying to get my chronology in order here because uh, I had done the feud with Goldust, and then uh, I start teaming with Goldust. And then uh, when they give me my initial release, there they break me and Goldust up. And uh, I'm still doing house shows. I'm still doing uh, pay-per-views. Uh, I get to be a part of the uh, WrestleMania 2000 game, which is awesome. Yeah, what was, take uh, a quick break. What was that? You know, we talked about that, I think it was last week or the week before, um, about the video ga- you being in the video game. But um, what was that like for you? To, to And how did you find out you're in the video game? Because this was – they weren't doing uh, – I mean, they, these were just drawings. So it's not like they had to have you – do any like motion capture unless maybe they did have you do motion capture. I don't know. There was a meanie dance well, uh, in there and that looked pretty, pretty uh, legit. Which uh, was pretty cool. Uh, dude, that whole WrestleMania 2000 game was uh, based off a wrestling video game from Japan. Um, I'm drawing blank right now. What well, was the no uh, mercy engine? I, I know from before, but it was a no mercy engine. But else, I, yeah. They had done a game in Japan for all. And it was all all Japan wrestling. Uh, THQ had done the game in Japan for all Japan pro wrestling because uh, the Japanese version had like all Japan guys that Stan Hansen, all that good stuff. And I was already a fan of that game. You know, I would order it from the uh, import wrestling video game shop and stuff like that. And I would have to get the uh, special adapter, like the game the Game Shark. So my uh, my American. Uh, uh, was it N64? So uh, I, I would gimmick my N64 with the Game Shark, so it would play the uh, Japanese version, all the Japanese games and stuff like that. So if you see uh, No Mercy, uh, WrestleMania 2000, it was all off that engine from Japan. So what was that like for you? Uh, to, like when you found out that you were going to be in that video game? Uh, I was. It was at a WWE house show. 
and uh, one of the guys who is the intermediary between WWE, who does all the licensing and stuff like that, came up to me and said, hey, uh, you're going to be a part of the next WWE video game, WrestleMania 2000. And I was stoked. And uh, they had the crew of people there from THQ uh, that were going to do, you know, take uh, principal photography. You know, uh, what they would do is they would have you, uh, you know, get dressed. And then the cool thing is I had just gotten brand new gear, like brand new T-shirt, all that stuff. So um, I think my I Dream Amini shirt is in that game. Oh, yeah. Because um, I wear the I Dream Amini shirt. I wear a Job Squad shirt. And I know you have one that says, I think it says the Blue Amini because uh, um, Xavier Woods just recently was playing as the Blue Amini. And I yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Xavier Woods. He's got his show up, up, down, down, uh, and he was playing uh, WrestleMania 2000, and he played as the Blue Meanie and did his own Meanie dance. Uh, dude, that's so yeah. cool. He got the, he did the the Meanie dance, put me over, and on the back of my shirt, which he pointed out, I had a website at the time, yes. which I don't have it. I don't have it anymore, so don't go there. <laughs> uh, but do go to uh, mindofthemeanie.com and pick up one of our great shirts. Um, go to mindofthemeanie.com, but do not go to thebluemeanie.com, which at the time I was like, you know, I have a website. It really was ahead. Of, uh, you were ahead of your time there in a lot of ways. I was doing so. I was doing social media, you know, before there was social media, you know, plugging my ads yeah. or whatever. <laughs> so I put I put bluemeanie.com on the back of my shirt. And it got noticed to the point where Stephanie had, had approached me and asked me if I had wanted to make my website like a part of WWE. They weren't calling it WWE Universe then, but, you know, kind of part of their website. Because, yeah, I remember they had like a like one for Stone Cold, one for The Rock. Like they had like, but it was like part of the WWF.com at the time. But yeah. Yeah. So they, she had approached me about it at one time. Nothing came of it, but... uh uh yeah xavier gave me a shout out because at the time i was doing i put the blue media.com on the back of my shirt uh so i did, i got that worked into the game as well which is very cool pretty yeah. cool so yeah they uh take a photo of you you know forward so, you know sideways backwards uh i took off my shoes they took a photo of all my tattoos oh wow i got a on my left leg i got a, a tribute to eddie van halen which is is this you know you ever seen Eddie Van Halen's guitar? He's got like these. Uh, it's a red guitar with uh, black and white stripes. I made it a little bit more personalized, where I have like the black and white stripes go around my ankle, but it's trimmed in blue to represent the blue meaning. And on uh, my right leg, I got a tattoo, which is a logo of a. There's a band. Our friends in the band Bonehead. Uh, I like their tattoo so much. I mean, I like their logo so much because I was like, I'm. I'm a bonehead. I'm, I do stupid things. So, <laughs> shout out, shout out to yeah. Kevin Hug and and uh, and Jay, uh, and my buddies, my buddies who's still a friend of mine to this day, Scott Pistolnik. Mm-hmm. He played bass. Uh, he's in a great new band called the Life Cycle Band. Check them out. Uh, so I got the bonehead tattoo on my leg, and uh, that worked itself in the game and stuff like that. So, uh, and the cool thing is, they're like, hey, uh, give us. Yeah, I got to uh, you know talk to the guys from THQ, a, a guy named Sanders Keel, who I'm still friends with to this day. Uh, 
you know, we, we hit it off. We, we, you know, start talking. He's like, well, what do you want to do for a finisher? You know, we have the standing finisher. We have the top rope finisher. And I was such a fan of the WCW game, uh, which I am totally was blanking that the, on. Was the right WCW now. NWO World Tour or was it the, the one after that? It was Revenge? Oh my God. Reve- Might have revenge? Been revenge. I don't know why that's coming. To my it's head. the one that had the uh, Nash, Goldberg, Goldberg Raven. Well, now I'm going to look it up because we have that. Ability. Raven got. Oh, well, here's a little. Raven got on that game because he took the guys from THQ out to a strip club. <laughs> so they put him. They put him on the cover yeah, of the video. And, yeah, there he is, front and center. Yeah, yeah. It was Revenge. WWE Revenge. Yep. I have a pin. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tracy has the uh, pin on one of her vests of the game, but right. yeah. Uh, I was a big fan of WCW Revenge, as anybody was, and Raven was in that game. And I was like, "Give me Raven's Even Flow DVD, DDT," because I, you know, mm. I'm, I'm such a mark for the DDT. I hate that they've, you know, bastardized oh, yeah. it into being a spot. It should be a finisher. I, I uh, happen to agree. And then you know, they're like, uh, I was like, for my top row finisher, of course, the Meanie Salt stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then they uh, they worked my uh, finishers in there. They uh, animated my mini dance, which uh, they were still making the game for All Japan. So if you go to All Japan, you go to make a wrestler in the All Japan game. You can make the mini dances in the <laughs> All Japan game. So I can make myself in the All Japan game as well. Well, that was the cool thing with the, with those games, with uh, like WrestleMania 2000 or No Mercy, any of them. The creator wrestler was so cool. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that with the tattoos that yeah, you could do, you could add someone's tattoos and they would always sneak stuff in there from people who weren't, you know, that, that, so that you'd be able to make someone who wasn't on the roster. Like you'd always see little things in there. You'd be like, I know that that move there is definitely this guy from WCW or whatever, you know? Um, but that's interesting. I never knew that the talent had any, any input really at all. On that. yeah. That's awesome. And and the cool thing is, like uh, I I told them, told them how much of a gamer I was. They went and even though I had an N sixty four at home, they sent me a free N sixty four in the mail. I was like, oh, well, I got a backup <laughs> just in case this one this one craps the oh, bed. Awesome. So you know, and uh, yeah, it was just like the coolest thing when, ever. When the, did you first the, see yourself in the game? I mean, this is the early days of. Uh, early days of the internet so there really wasn't anything on the internet but they would bring like thq would show up to like a raw a random raw or whatever and they would bring a demo version and like right now i'm doing i'm in a video game that's coming out retromania wrestling yeah. we're, we're going to spend uh, a lot of time talking about that in in the weeks to come yeah like, and we'll talk more about that in a minute but to compare it like uh, i just played a like the game's not out but i've played a demo mm-hmm. of retromania wrestling so, you know, the THQ guys were coming to uh, WWE, either house shows or TV, and you got to play a rough version. So, like, guys like me and D'Lo Brown are just hogging <laughs> it up because we're gamers and stuff. Me, D'Lo, Draws, we're all, you know, uh, you know, gamers. So we're, we were playing that and stuff like that. So that that's the first time I really got to see myself in the game, and I got you know, the goosebumps, and uh, I was waiting for the uh, the release date. You know, uh, I, I didn't even ask for a free copy. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go out and buy yeah. this. And uh, I went, to, I go, I go, I go to the place where I'm usually, I usually get my uh, video games at. Back then, it was the Franklin Mills Mall. I don't know where it is now, but I went to this video game store. 
yeah. They were like, it's like this video game store, and I were like, well, let's X them out, and you got to pre-order it and all that stuff. And this is like on the release day. I was like, I'll be right back. I went around the corner to like KB Toys, and they had it. And I just bought it there, <laughs> which is goofy. It's goofy. And I had an indie that week, and I brought my 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 N64 on the road and played it in the hotel that night because I could, I just couldn't wait. It's, it's, I was like, I got to play this. I was like, that, that's so cruel that, you know, it comes out and I got, but, and this is weird. It's like, why is it WWE for, there's a period of time. They still allowed us to do ind- independent shows mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, and then they eventually put the kibosh to that. Cause they didn't want guys to get hurt on these independent understand, shows. And they can understand. Yeah. Understandably. But I was doing a show in like middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, you know, showing up with my gear bag and my N64 <laughs> I could play uh, WrestleMania, you know, 2000 and stuff awesome. like that. Um, not not a video game, but I've also always wondered. Um, so I collect action figures. Um, really just like I like, I collect like the Hasbros from the 90s. Um, and then I have another little thing that I do, which I am going to have to ask you about. I need a Blue Meanie action figure. Um, I have a <laughs> shelf in my office, which is uh, a great conversation piece when people come in for my my actual job that has nothing to do with wrestling. Um, but I have a shelf where I have any action figure that I've been able to find of somebody that I've worked with, um, be it wrestling or uh, obviously many more that I worked with just in interviews. Um, I'll take their action figure and I'll put it on. It's almost like a way for me to keep track. And as it's grown, it's been a way for me to look at it and be like, that's kind of like the, the, the kid in me. I've been able to look at some of these legends that I've, you know, that I've been able to interview and stuff and just, be kind of blown away by that. Um, so I do need a mini action figure. Uh, so I'm going to be buying one of, one of those off of you, but I, but, but I want to ask you the only action figure to my knowledge that you have, other than the little micro one, um, you have the, the, I guess it's from high spots is where you could get it. Right. Where's who makes that action figure? Uh, the one and only official blue mini action figure comes from a company called fingers, Finger fingers, toy, toy. Com- figures, toy company. Is that it? Yeah, they do. Uh, they're doing a line of like, uh, they do different lines. They're doing ring of honor line. now and they had their legend. They had like a legends line or like a, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in my line, they put like a, out like a series of four at a time. And in mine, it was myself, uh, Jim Cornette, new Jack and just incredible. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was cool. And now they say, you know, they sell it individually. They sell that line as four pack and, uh, figure sword company also has like rings and stuff like that, where you can customize it and all that good stuff. It was also crazy to me. And this was something that, so I'm a, like I said, I like to collect those, but I'm also a, uh, big fan of the major wrestling figure podcast, um, with, with a couple of guys who unfortunately were on that list getting the release. Um, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, but those guys, uh, man, I mean, they've, they've built this great brand for themselves with this podcast that they have. Um, one of the episodes, it was just kind of off the cuff mentioned. Um, so Brian Myers who's Kurt Hawkins, huge ECW fan. And one of the, and right. he did mention a blue meanie action figure and that, you know, he, he has that cause he has all his ECW guys and he considers that cause it's like the same mold as some of the other type of figures that WWE had. They know all oh, that God. stuff. They, yeah, so, yeah. I like to collect, like basically I buy one and have one. They'd look at my collection and they would just laugh at me, but, uh, but they're, they're <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a great show for you to listen to, but they, uh, one of the things they talked about, which I totally agreed with was 
they couldn't believe that you only had one action figure because they always refer to it as being toyetic is like, that's how they'll talk about something like a a Ray Mysterio, for instance, is incredibly toyetic with his, the bright colored costumes, the mask, the stuff like that. And basically what that means for people who don't know is it's like a kind of a, like a, a phrase for, if you saw it on a shelf, a kid might be like, Ooh, I want that. Not knowing who this is, what it's about, but somebody might just pick it. And if I had to think of a toyetic character at any time where you were in a wrestling company, the blue meanie would be one of the most toyetic characters. So it is kind of surprising. Maybe it was just a timing thing of you not being, you know, that wherever you were at the right time. But yeah, it's fascinating that you only have that one figure. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. It was, it was totally a uh, timing issue. Cause I went for, I went to the WWE for year and a half, two years. And then while I'm in WWE, ECW is getting their line of action figures from the San Francisco toy company. So uh, I get released uh, initially the first time, get brought back, uh, get to be in a video game. And then uh, before WWE could launch a line of action figures that I would have been included in, I got my release release, go back to ECW, but it's too late for me to get a figure in ECW because they had already made all the, that, that line of what they were going to do. It's funny with the ECW figures is that was, I, that's for collectors. I feel like it had to be for yeah. collectors. You could tell that the line didn't do well because by the end of it, you're, you're getting like, they're releasing a Tommy dreamer in like a yellow shirt and red pants or something like something he's never worn. Um, and they're right. releasing the same figures with different paint jobs. But the, it always struck me as funny, like as someone who loved to collect figures, I thought it was so cool. ECW figures coming out, but then you look at me and go when, cause I actually worked at KB toys for a little bit. Um, and, right. so, and I just, you'd look at it and go, what kid is fam- who's buying toys is familiar with ECW. Like these were two things right. that didn't seem to really like go together, but that's going off on a side note. You listen to the major podcasts but, 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 about things like that, but. I definitely definitely listen to the Major Brothers podcast because they they know their yeah. stuff, but uh, I think uh, the reason when they when they came up with the ECW action figures, they're hoping that would line up with the national TV deal TNN, they had just signed yeah. because they were they were getting on the TNN deal, and then they got you know the action figures, and then they got the video game and stuff like that, and. The TNN deal fell through, right. so I don't know if that had anything. If you if you want, uh, go on Netflix and watch the toys that made uh, made yeah. us, and they do a whole episode on the wrestling action figure craze, and they even dive into ECW action not, figures. Not as and much stuff as like they that. wish as they I wish they would have, but I understand. You know, you can only cover right. so much, but yeah, it's uh, exactly it's really interesting. But I was so I, I'm curious with with that, with, um, figures toy company, they, to my knowledge, do not do any of like the real scan technology. They actually craft them by hand. They have artists crafting the, the head molds. Did you get, uh, did you have to take pictures? Did they work off of a specific, off of just pictures of you that they found? Did you send them stuff? Did you have any input on what, what this blue meanie was going to be like for, because, you know, we did talk about your makeup being different at different times, the different t-shirts, um, did you have any, any input on that? 
well, well, here's the cool thing. It's like I've I've never had an action figure. My whole life, people are like, how come you don't have an action figure? And when I first got with Mrs. Meany, her brother was like, hey, ask your friend why he doesn't have an action <laughs> figure. Because he went... He he went he wanted to go buy one, so uh, and that was always like, like a thing that like stung. Yeah, you know, I never had one, you know. And like you said, Toyetic, you know, my character. I I tell say this all the time. I'm like the Barney mm-hmm. the dinosaur of professional wrestling, where like, I just translate well with yeah. kids and stuff like that. So I, I followed Figures Toy Company on Twitter, and one day I just put it out there. I was like. How would you guys like to be the the company that puts out the first official Blue Mini action figure? Within minutes, they follow me back, and I get a DM and uh, start talking with Chris from Figures Toy Company, um, and we go over all the details. You know, they wanted to make sure oh uh, everything was on the up and up, and then you know the uh, I don't want to go too much inside baseball and stuff like that with certain things like the the financials and sure, stuff sure. like that. But uh, well, you know, once we ironed all that stuff out, I pretty much had complete control over how the doll or action figure, whichever side of the fence you're on. Uh, I'm an action like the, figure uh, gravy... guy, yeah. Yeah, I'm an action figure guy. I accidentally said doll to the guy from the WWE about, oh, maybe I'll get a doll time. We call them action figures. I went, <laughs> Well, there you have it. Uh, yes, but I was so, going to branch out even further and get my own meanie dolls too. You know, tell them be like, I'm just a big picture guy. So, and in the meantime, I you know while I haven't hadn't had an official blue mini action figure, a lot a lot of fans would make really cool custom mm-hmm. ones where they would take like an LJN re redo it or you know take whatever. Dusty Rhodes one, whoever had to fit. And I don't know how they do it. It's amazing work, but they would like, you know, we formulate re- these action figures yeah. that look like the Blue Meanie. There, people would do the whole BWO and stuff like that. And I have some of those, and those are awesome, and those are flattering. But for a company to inv- make an investment yeah. and uh, actually invest in you where they're going to mass produce these things, put them in packages, you know, put them online, put them in stores, stuff like that. That's this. Uh, that's a sign of making yeah. it. You know, like you've 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 done Definitely. it. The video game, video game's awesome. You know, but people always say, "Have you had an action figure?" So the video game. Well, the, the video talk- game. As soon as that next video game comes out, and as soon as the new console yeah. comes out, and you fast forward, you know, twenty years, and not taking anything away from you being in the video game but no one's really seeing it anymore. Whereas an action figure is there. Like right. I said, like I have my display of stuff, but like Hasbro, I have a display from a figure that was made in 1990 and it's just, it just sits on a shelf. Like it's just always there, you know? So yeah, I think that's super cool to have an action figure. Yeah. So, uh, and like I said, uh, we start talking, uh, they're like, tell us what you want. I said, Hey, and, and I, I I went through all my archives of photos. I was like I was like I would love to have like the long ponytail mm-hmm. meanie. So I sent him you know my my WWE uh, promo photo where I got the long hair, you know side forward backwards all that stuff. Definitely give me the uh, raccoon eyes, <laughs> the uh, traditional blue meanie face yeah. paint. But I said, but give me my current beard. Let's let's modernize it. Let's go retro, but we have it modernized. 
So I sent him photos of my, me with my beard now. And then I was like, as far as gear goes, my favorite gear was, you know, Russell Plouza 98, where, uh, you know, when, when I had to, you know, speaking of the airbrush shirts, I sent him photos of me with the uh, shirt the design I wore at Russell, uh, Russell Plouza 98. And I also wore it for part-time in WWE with the pants. And I was like, I want these boots, which I, when I was in uh, ECW, I was, was wearing, I didn't have the, I was like, my character shouldn't be wearing traditional wrestling boots because he's not like a traditional looking wrestler. Right. So uh, everybody's wearing the, uh, oh, what are they called? The, they're not wearing Timberlands, oh, like but they're the like. Wrestling, uh, the wrestling shoes. Kind of right, or no, no, they weren't right. They're were like they look like police boots. Like I oh, wore them, okay, just incredible, yeah, yeah, like combat, combat uh, boot type. Like, yeah, I, I want to say they were mag. Uh, I forget what they're called. They, I, of I course, when we wrap up, I'll remember, but they're, they're like the black mm-hmm. boot, knee pad stuff. But I want the uh, the boots with the blue laces, which I always thought was a nice oh, yeah. touch. And I, you know, those are the boots I had until I. Uh, ruined them and painted them as blue dust. I put you know blue spray paint and <laughs> sparkles on them and stuff like that. So essentially, I sent them the artwork of how I wanted to look, and then they went and uh, dude, it's amazing. They hand they have like a series of bodies that they already have, but they as far as the head and the features, they they have an artist hand sculpt that out of clay, and uh, they sent me the initial one, and I made one edit you know because you know my beard is like sometimes it gets a little unruly like i am right now in the camera where like it, it splits down the bottom but i was like no i went to point it beard. Yeah, the old anvil you know, so I, yes yeah this is all tribute to you know jim neidhart so i was like you know i said I, I made my beard pointy took a photo sent it back and then they made the adjustment, and and that was it. So cool. That's basically yeah. I had complete control over it. Uh, they, they asked for the verbiage for the back of the package. I wrote up a little biography, and um, you know it's funny. They, you mentioned yeah. Jim Neidhart, and I'm just thinking about he's a guy who, when it comes to action figures, he had a Hasbro action figure, but it was made in that you talk about timing and everything. His was made in the uh, the MC Hammer pants remember when him and him yeah. and Owen were in the they had the uh the new foundation and that's what it was I, yeah and you look back and you think of the 90s you think of jim the anvil neidhart that is never what comes to mind you know but no. that is what was until god i don't even know i know mattel has a figure of him now and uh i think jacks and maybe jacks had a figure of him but it was decades i feel like before he got and he had the old ljn but before he got like a new, like a heart foundation or Jim, the Anvil, real Jim, the Anvil Neidhart uh, figure. Right. So yeah, timing sometimes doesn't work out, but I think it's so cool that you have that one. Well, actually now that I'm thinking about it, I'm talking about Jax. They had their legends line, which was like a game changer in, in, you know, wrestling figures and stuff. People who never right. got figures got them and you right. didn't get one for that. Was that. And Steve, even Stevie, like, you know, Stevie was trying to get in on that where like, hey, do a BWO three pack, yeah. you know, because Stevie ended yeah, up getting an EC like they did like an ECW line. And I believe he yes. got I don't remember if it was the BWO shirt or not, but I remember he, he had he had the original ECW, the airbrush BWO BWO shirt, BWO yeah. shirt yeah. like before, the white shirt or something. Before or... Paul, yeah, before Paul got you know, the yeah. light bulb, <laughs> Paul saying, ah, we can sell these and make yeah. money and let's mass produce them. 
we uh we were talking about the airbrush lady mm-hmm. I, I went and got them airbrushed and uh that's the shirt they made for his yeah. his line and stuff like that but when it came to the the jacks figures with the legends line he fought hard for it. He tried to get us one. I mean, they had one for, you know, Tank Abbott. Yeah, it was really I'm like I'm like no, no disrespect Abbott. to Tank Abbott, but Right. I love yeah, 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 not at but, all. But, but when you're talking about characters I mean, going, and wrestling and being toyetic, going back to that. Absolutely. And you know, the you know, the BWO three pack, I think definitely would have done, done oh, yeah. well and stuff like that. You could have had a BWO versus NWO, yep. you know, three pack, you know, or six pack or whatever. It, it it definitely would have sold, and it definitely would have became something in the collector's market. You oh, would think. I, I think so, absolutely. But hey, hey, there's still time, you know. There's still there's hey. still time. There's going to be another. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm available. Yeah, we've got, and you've got a <laughs> lot more looks that need to be immortalized uh, in plastic. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I I'm definitely, uh, and that's why you know Pro Wrestling Tees did a line of uh, Blue Mini Micro Brawlers. Mm-hmm stuff like that and i had you know say on that as well so if you go to com right now they got the uh mini blue mini micro ballers that'd be perfect for your uh shelf of uh action figures and, and stuff like that so that's pretty cool if i were wearing a hat i would be taking my hat off to you because that was a fantastic transition to talk about some other things at prowrestlingtees.com because if you love this show as much as Meanie and I do, you can go to mindofthemeanie.com, which takes you directly to prowrestlingtees.com slash mindofthemeanie, where you can check out all of our great shirts that we have there. The Hal Haney shirt uh, with the, the Mind of the Meanie logo. Uh, we've got the I Hate Mustaches shirt we're a big fan of. We're talking about the Fiddlestick shirt, which isn't there yet, but I'm going to start pushing <laughs> for that. Uh, we've got Meanie Mania, all these great shirts that are on there. Don't fact check me. Shirts that you can wear if you're a wrestling fan, not a wrestling fan. Uh, people would love them no matter what. So you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees for that. Uh, slash Mind of the Meanie, mindofthemeanie.com. But also, oh, Meanie, yeah. Did you have something to add? And, and don't forget our brand new Pod Squad. Oh, my shirt, God. Which, uh... Listen to me, just completely forgetting this. Yes, the Pod Squad. That is our newest shirt. It happened last week. We talked about it. We, we had this idea. We're going to call you guys the Pod Squad because you deserve a name other than just fans of the, our podcast uh, because we appreciate so much all of the support that you're showing. And if you want to show your support uh, of our show while we're sh- showing our support of you, you follow all that, uh, you can... <laughs> Pod, Squad, Pod Squad works a lot better than... Uh, people who like yeah. our show. We're going to have that t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'm a guy who likes Mind of the Meanie, the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, go to mindofthemeanie.com, personallytees.com slash mindofthemeanie and get that brand new Pod Squad shirt. It is made to look like the old Job Squad shirt, uh, but in beautiful Meanie blue. Um, yeah, big, big fan of that shirt. Thank you, Meanie, for reminding me. Uh, but if you're a fan of the blue meanie in general and the BWO make sure that you go to prowrestlingtees.com slash blue meanie and check out meanie's gear meanie tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you have over there if you go over to uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash blue meanie we got the uh, the highest selling t-shirt in ECW history baby the uh, BWO shirt uh, we got you know several shirts that you know I helped design Mrs. Meanie helped design my favorite shirt that Mrs. Meanie did was the Hello Meanie shirt in the theme of Hello Kitty, uh, which you know all the all the uh, 
fans seem to be the, that seems to be a good seller there. Uh, she did. Yeah, it's also a tribute to Miss Mama Meanie too. So a lot of people don't know that, but if you get the uh, Hello Meanie shirt, that's a nod to Mrs. Meanie and Mama Meanie. So uh, there's also a great shirt. Uh, you know, speaking of wrestling and all that stuff, where it's a, it's, a, it's a photo of a TV screen that says "Wrestling exists outside your TV," which because I find myself, you know, being, having been released from WWE, people think if you're now in WWE TV, they have this weird notion that you quit wrestling yeah. altogether. <laughs> so there's a shirt on there that, you know, wrestling exists outside your TV. You know, there's a whole nother world of professional wrestling. So that's another one of my favorite shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Blue Mini, where you can get the BWO shirt. You can get the Blue Mini Micro Brawler. I even have BWO guitar picks because I am a huge music fan and I'm a, a big geek for collecting guitar picks. So I was like, man, no, you know what wrestler you know would have a guitar pick so I went and got the BWO guitar pick made which they sell at ProSMP.com slash Blooming awesome and then if you can't get enough of shirts having to do with our show you can go to SoSaysShirtOff.com get some of my sarcasm as my superpower t-shirts or hoodies or we have mugs and all kinds of random stuff over there uh, again a lot of things that have nothing to do with wrestling uh, because I've always been a fan of being able to wear shirts that's just merchandise that you know everybody can love uh, and enjoy uh, but of course we can't not mention Collar and Elbow uh, the BWO has taken over Collar and Elbow brand you can go to CollarandElbowBrand.com this is the wrestling brand uh, get all of their creative shirts over there use the coupon code MEANIE and save 10% why wouldn't you go over there? When you're done going, you know, going to all the other ones we just told you to go to, you go to Collar and Elbow. What we give you is variety. Yes. We're saying go to all these different sites, but hey, man, check them out. See what you like. Wear it. it everything you do helps support And also the show. do, us, do uh, us a favor, too. Yeah, like you're saying, everything you do helps support the show. We really, truly appreciate it. And if you do buy one of our shirts, uh, send us a picture. If you don't want us to, you know, we'll retweet it for you. But even if you don't want us to put it out like that, send it to mindofthemeanie at gmail.com because we would just love to just see you sporting one of the shirts. Because I just think that is, um, you know, we talk about action figures, talk about video games. Uh, t-shirts have become such a huge thing. I was always a big collector of wrestling t-shirts. And uh, it's very, very flattering the idea that people are picking up these shirts and wearing uh, something supporting a podcast that's basically just you and I chatting for a couple of hours. Uh, it's cool to come up with a concept for a t-shirt, but for somebody to actually go through the process of going on a website and entering your uh, information and all that good stuff and waiting for it to come in the mail. That's it. I mean, it's one thing to design something and then uh, to see it out in the wild is pretty cool. You know, and, you know, people come up to me, you know, they're wearing my, some of my shirts and it's just, it's beyond flattering, you know, it's like, you know, it's one, to be, one thing to be creative in the ring, but be creative outside the ring and have somebody wear something that you thought of is beyond cool. So, uh, like I said, uh, you go to either one of these websites, you don't have to go to them all, but if you pick something, it, it gladly supports you know, it definitely helps this show and helps us uh, keep going. You know that that that's our PBS. Yeah, right. Drive. And and so. and just to uh, 
to plug for other people as well. You know, we, we did mention we weren't going to go into a whole list of all the people who, you know, you know who was released uh, from WWE, but you also know we've oh, talked absolutely. about uh, there's a lot of, you know, independent wrestlers who are, you know, we're really counting on WrestleMania weekend. And not only do they miss out on that, but they're still missing out on bookings. Um, this is how these people, you know, this is how they make a living. So Pro Wrestling Tees is also an awesome place to just go and browse, you know, your favorite wrestler who may have been released or your favorite independent wrestler, or just go on, check out their shirts. Cause some of the shirts are just so, so badass. You haven't even, you don't even know who it's for. It's just a cool looking shirt. So go, that's a great way to support uh, professional wrestling and these wrestlers. And then Pro Wrestling Tees, I mean, they're, they're also feeling the pinch from this uh, yeah. situation we're in right now, because not only do they, you know, have the online store, they have a retail store, which uh, they have employees yeah. and all that stuff that they need to, you know, help, you know, meet, make ends meet. So not only are you supporting the wrestler, you're supporting pro wrestling tees, uh, you're supporting collar and elbow and stuff like that because, you know, everybody's yeah. hurting. So if you, if, if you can, if, if you're able to help out, it's greatly appreciated no matter uh who you support or what you support to support somebody. So Manny, you were, uh, eventually, as you put it, released, released, um, from, yeah. uh, from WWE in, uh, or I guess it was WWF at the time it was in 2000. Were you released, uh, before or after the video game came out? Uh, we did the video game, the video game came out, uh, uh, my my timeline is a little blurry. I think the game came out, and I was still WWE. Uh, my last uh, TV I went to was Survivor Series. Okay. In I want to say 2000, okay. or no, uh, no, it might have been no it was, uh, Survivor Series '99. I was advertised to be teaming with uh, Big Show, uh, and I think Kai and Ty. Uh, and the deal was Big Show didn't want. Uh, didn't want tag partners. He wanted to take on you know everybody by himself. So he beat us up in the locker room before, and uh, we didn't actually get to have a match there. But uh, Survivor Series and that subsequent uh, Monday Night Raw taping or you know mon- live Monday Night Raw was my last time at TV. And then I, I sat out for a little bit, where uh, I went and did some shows, and they're like you know. Uh, some indie shows and some they called me while I was in the show. Oh, we, we don't need you at TV this weekend. I was like, oh, all right, well, you know. But then uh, I'm at home and um, just trying to figure out what to do. I'm sending emails, pitching ideas, stuff like that. And uh, they call uh, Bruce Pritchard calls and says we just uh, started this new developmental system called Memphis Championship Wrestling. Uh, we'd like you to go down there and. Try something new. Let's uh, reinvent you. Because at, uh, at the time, I had lost 160 pounds. I went from 390, 380 down to 240. I had uh, drastically changed my look. Uh, again, I was trying to you know find something new to do and stuff like that. And uh, like I said at the time, uh, I was big band at the time was like uh, Smash Mouth. And there was a movie called Swingers. You know, guys who dress a certain way. Uh, the guy from Smash Mouth had the uh, like the chin strap beard, and it looked like looked like he was holding his ha- hair on with a <laughs> uh, a chin strap. I was doing that. I was wearing the uh, what I called heat shirts, 
the the, the shirts you get a hot yeah. topic they look like bowling shirts but you just get heat wearing them you know <laughs> i i gotta say this about chris jericho when you know or in wwe in general you know when something's big in wwe you see it filter down to independence oh, yeah. when jericho debuted in wwe with the shiny yep. shirt everybody had, on the independent had, had a shiny shirt i had one yeah so I, I was like, ah, let me uh, get these. Uh, and I, I, I was in California one time, and I'm, I was hanging out with a buddy, and he had a friend who made his own shirts out of his garage, and they were like really cool looking shirts, like like with the the front panel that you know it was kind of like a bowling shirt with skulls, and the the buttons were dice and stuff like that. I was like, I could kind of maybe incorporate this into yeah. a new look. So I was trying to find my way down to Memphis, and I was down there for a couple months, and. Uh, like maybe every third week I would fly back home just to see the family. And the one time I had flown back, uh, I saw my grandma and my grandma didn't look good. Um, and, uh, we had to, you know, she had to get rushed to the hospital and I went back down to Memphis. Well, she had, she didn't, she hadn't looked good. I went back to Memphis. I was like, Hey, uh, I got a situation at home. Uh, I was the man in the house and I had left to be in Memphis. So it was my mom and my, my grandmom had a relative that had moved in my cousin. So she was helping out, but she called me up. She's like, uh, Nan doesn't look good. So I was like, I, I got back to there. I got back to Memphis. Uh, went to the TVs and I, I went up to Bruce Pritchard. I was like, Hey man, I got the situation at home. Uh, my grandmom doesn't really look too good. Uh, and I kind of have to be there. And, you know, I went and he was cool. He was like, hey, man, uh, you know, family's important. And uh, they wrote me off TV at, at Memphis. And I I was going back home with the with the uh, hopes of things getting better at home and then going back to Memphis and, uh, you know, picking up where I left off. So I went back home and that's when I found out my grandmom had pancreatic cancer. And uh, she didn't have much time left. And uh, I tell the story, and it's unfortunate. You know, we this story's been talking about bad timing. I uh, went to the hospital, turned off my cell. You know, back then they made you turn off your cell phone because of the, all the equipment sure. in there and stuff like that. So I leave the hospital, go home, turn my phone on, and uh, it's Bruce Pritchard let me know that they were uh, letting me go for the second time. And no ill will. Oh no, man! Understandable uh, from a business standpoint, you know. And 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 the thing is, is like Bruce was, was, and here's where I'm fucking stupid, right? Here, here's where I'm I'm dumb, right? Uh, He's like, hey, if you want, I could call WCW. Uh, I know JJ Dillon, all that stuff. I was like, I was just so focused on my grandma and family. I was like, you know what? I appreciate that, but let me take care of my family here and stuff like that. And uh, I'd also been thinking of, you know, this is a chance I could go back to ECW and be closer to home. Now ECW, everything with ECW was like a car ride or you're gone for two days. WWE, you're gone for two weeks at a time, home for a day or two, go back up for a couple weeks. If I go back to ECW, they're doing this TV thing. The DV, TV deal hadn't fallen apart yet. It, the, you know, everything it was still kind of promising for ECW. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go back to ECW, still be home, take care of grandma while I'm away. My cousin and my mom can look after grandma and stuff like that. 
and it was uh, I was I, I, it was uh, we were doing the line of shows at the Hammerstein Ballroom, in New York. Uh, not Massacre, yeah. It was still the TV tapings, like in the summertime. I get you know after the show, I get back to the hotel, and uh, that's when I found out my grandma had passed. And I drove had to you know I drove home and had to take care of that, but uh, not to bring the show down. Right. But uh, you know you know that we're talking about you know with the theme of this week yeah. and everything, it being being a rough week and. Trying to put a perspective where I was, you know, you know, when I see, you know, the list list of like twenty people who got released from WWE, I'm right there with them. I it brought back so many memories, and I put it out there, I put it on Twitter. Hey, you know, my heart goes out to them because, you know, there's people there, you know, for 15 years, and maybe this is the first time, you know, getting released is a new yeah. thing to them, but. With every, uh, it's, and this is corny, where a door, one door closes, another opens, and uh, every one of them is talented. And the only reason why they're being released is because of the situation we're in, where we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And I mean, stuff like that. You look you know? at guys like you know their current world champion, you know Drew McIntyre, went through this. He he was released. Yeah. Uh, Jinder Mahal was released and came back and won the the world title. But, you know, Drew right. is an example. Cody Rhodes is an example of a guy, you know, there's this opportunity now because it's different than it was even some of the time when you're talking about, like when you were released, uh, independent res, there weren't as many options. And even, I mean, shortly after you were released, there were, there's no ECW, no WCW, you know, um, so even had... And then, and then the indies become inundated, mm-hmm. like overflow. There's a, a flood of yeah. all this talent, and 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 spots now, on indie shows are But now there up. are places, you know, you have your MLWs, your Impact, your, you know, there's all there. Yep. Ring, of, Ring, of, Ring, of Ring of Honor, exactly. There are all these uh, these places where you can go to work and where people can get that, you know, uh, that fresh coat of paint and learn that new hold and do all that stuff and 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 figure out how to reinvent themselves and either come back. Or go find success elsewhere because there are other places where you can be successful, even Japan, whatever, you know, um, and my, my feeling yeah. is, you know, like you said, like, you know, your heart goes out to these people. They lost their job during a, a difficult time for everybody. And, uh, but I really believe that, you know, talent shines through. Um, I think that that's something that has been proven with you, you know, we're, you being uh, an MLW for that appearance where, you know, you making your appearance with ring of honor, they're not, yeah. nobody's dusting off a, a guy that no one remembers and no one cares about and saying, Oh yeah, why don't we put them as a surprise? Because nobody cares. Right. But when the blue meanies music hits and blue meanie comes out, that's uh, you know, there's, it, it speaks to, again, it's that it's the talent, the talent rises to the top talent finds its place. And there is life after, something that may have felt like the top. So I think these guys, you know, you put it in great perspective and uh, you know, I, I, it's not us talking about, it's not as salacious as, you know, some people might like for us just to be like, well, this guy, right. why was this guy released? And this guy, you know, can he do this? And what kind of behind the scenes heat does he have? But the reality is, you well, know, the, the, and, and the thing is it's, everybody, it's easy to hate Vince. WWE has always been the bad guy. Uh, Vince McMahon's always been the villain. Uh, as far as I can remember as being back a fan, WWE's always been a bad guy company or whatever. 
Uh, but if you know WWE sets the you know the the the, the tone and yeah. the pace and stuff like that, and you know there's a reason why the wrestling world converges on WrestleMania once a year, yeah. because do they do that for anybody else really? So uh, I know it. And I'm not. I'm you know I'm being a homer here, or whatever. But I, I've been through this situation. You know WWE's the top company for a reason, and they're not just releasing these guys for no reason. Uh, and it's just like a muscle. Sometimes you got to break the muscle down for it to build back and be stronger. Yeah. And with this release, some of these guys are going to go out and they're they got, you know, they got the social media, they got the pro wrestling tees and they're going to have an avenue to build their wrestling muscle back up. It's, it's being torn down right now. Well, look at, you know, we, They'll they'll come bigger. They'll they will become back. They will come back stronger and more creative than ever. Especially a guy like well, you know, that's Zach what you say, Zach Ryder. Who, his T-shirt. He put out a T-shirt. Not there because he always had still here on his gear. He yeah. says not there it was the number one selling T-shirt that day on Pro Wrestling Tees. The like the day he was released. He, um, I have no question right. in my mind that 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 guy is going to find success. Um, and continue to build himself even bigger. All, All of them, yeah. him, Hawkins, it's, him and Hawkins will be amazing no matter where they go. Uh, I, I have no doubt they'll probably up. Everybody, you know, that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, they'll go to AEW. Not every, gonna, AEW no. can't take AEW can't take everybody in, but definitely I could see you know a Hawkins and Ryder going. There, there are some people that would and fit. they'll be. A, very well and some people that are going to fit better in an mlw and better in a nwa and better in a ring of honor and you know an impact and you know dude dude the revival everybody's you know expecting the, the revival go to aew which more or less they yeah. probably could but dude i would love to see the revival enter the crockett cup when the nwa yep. comes back how awesome i mean they're, they're, they're tailor-made for that environment yeah they're, they're tailor-made for the a nwa Billy uh, Billy Corgan's mm-hmm. NWA. They're Taylor. I get to see them with the you know the retro NWA tag belts on. That would be be, and awesome. that's the thing too. They, There's no reason they can't spend some time there and then end up in AEW or go out or go to Japan right. and do this. It's it, this is a totally unique uh, time in wrestling where people work Absolutely. together. People are you know contracts are being negotiated very differently than they were back in the day and and. Uh, I just, you know, obviously we wish everybody the best with this. This is a, this was a, this was just a shitty week. Um, in general, it's a shitty, this, it's, you know, week and month and it, year it, and, you know. Yeah. It's, it's been a shitty week. Uh, it's been a, a, you could say it's a bit of a storm, but after every storm, there's going to be a rainbow. And uh, hopefully when the, the rains, this whole virus yeah. thing, and hopefully we could go back to uh, Things won't be normal for a while with, you know, you know, uh, industry and sports and entertainment and stuff like that. We got to make sure this thing's gone. But once we get some semblance that resembles normalcy, uh, these talents will flourish. And I know that. And because I've been there and seen it, and it, it they, they, they don't, they're hurt now, but they will, you know, my heart, you know, my heart breaks for Drake yes. Maverick. You know, I saw his video. I was like, Hey man, I love you. But you know, but he's another right. guy. Too, he, 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 there is he has too much talent land, to not land on him. Yeah, he'll land on. And, and 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 just because they're released now doesn't mean the WWE can't bring Absolutely. them back. Absolutely, and that's you know, uh, this uh, is 
this is just to stop the bleeding. And I'm not going to go into WD's, WWE's financials because I don't know. And anybody who pretends to know WWE's financials, it's just spitballing. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why they did this. You know, it wasn't fun. because they, yeah, you know, they did. Yeah. You know, no, no, it's not fun. It's not and, fun. Uh, and so. look, I mean, you found your way back to the WWE in, two, I want to say, 2005 went through the ECW yeah. stuff, doing the BWO stuff. And, um, and yeah, look, there's and they brought me and they br- they brought me back to the, the host to uh, the un- ECW Unreleased mm-hmm. Volume Three with Stevie Richards. I got to get, they brought me up on the train. They yeah. took care of us. They did a studio. We filmed a uh, we filmed a, a special that didn't air, but they still invested time and, and look, money and into you, us and stuff like that. It, so you can always you can always go back. You that can has been true. I mean, you look at at. Any and across the board, so many people over this last year. You could look at the WWE alone. You can look at AEW and see Jake the Snake Roberts back in a. He has not been in a prime spot like that in decades, right. literally decades. Right. And you know, you just look at that and you just say, uh, for for old timers, for people in the middle, and for the the new up and comers that are all you know right now figuring out what to do. You never know. Just get yourself out there and, right. and, you know, stay a part of this business because it's an awesome, crazy business that we, if you're listening to this podcast, you love this business one way or another. Um, any, any final, final thoughts for the, uh, the episode? This was a little, a little more uh, down, I think, than previous episodes, well, yeah. um, but it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a crazy week in the world of wrestling. Uh and we're all going through, we're all stuck in this thing together. Um, just, uh, let's, let's stay home, stay home, yep. stay, stay put. Let's get this thing over with. Let's, uh, stay safe. Uh, let's just enjoy wrestling. Let's not overthink it. You know, a lot of people, you know, it might be hard to enjoy wrestling because some of your favorite talent have been let go, but, uh, you know, see what you know. WWE's offering. See what AEW's offering. See what Ring of Honor has. Uh, I mean, there's so many different things out. So many different promotions out there. Uh, go out there, pro wrestling tees. You know, buy a shirt, support a wrestler, uh, support a company. You know, these uh, companies have stores like Ring of Honor has a store, MLW has a store, AEW has a store, WWE has a store. Pro wrestling tees. There's color and elbow. If if you can find financially afford to uh support somebody and, i know a lot of people are out there yeah, are hurting, and you know what? but and if you can't can, financially support there's still ways to support you can retweet a link right. to someone's pro wrestling right. tees you can just this is a, a a novel idea you can just tweet something nice and positive on social media you don't know how and not even to a wrestler about a wrestler just post something nice that can actually really help somebody's day and put someone in a good mood. So there are still things that we can do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know what? I, I think uh, at uh, on that note, we will, uh, we'll call it a day. We'll call it a week here at the mind of the meanie. Um, this has, this has been a lot of fun, even through some of the, the tough topics. It's always for me, interesting to hear your, uh, your side, your take on things, your stories. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, make sure to follow us on social media at Mind of the Meanie. Um, follow us as individuals as well. Meanie can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Meanie BWO uh, and Facebook at Blue Meanie BWO, I believe. Uh, every so, off, every so yeah, often, every so often you're on there, right? Um, 
Yeah. I'm at Sosa Chernoff on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, don't forget to visit mindofthemini.com for all of our great shirts. Uh, become a, me- a full-fledged member of the pod squad. Uh, and, of course, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Blue Meanie and Collar and Elbow Brand.com promo code Meanie. Uh, Blue Meanie, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time sharing some personal stories about your release uh, and memories of the, uh, the late, great Howard Finkel, the Fink. Um, we will see you again for the Blue Meanie. I'm Josh Chernoff. Join us again next Monday for another trip into the mind of the Meanie. Blue World Order. Here is your winner, the Blue World Order.